Welcome back to the I'm There podcast, guys. It has been a while. Uh, yeah. As some of you may know from our last episode, uh, I was really ill with stomach virus, and it started on October 7th. Um, I thought Holy it had gotten... shit. Yes. Really? October 7th? Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, that was the first day. Day one. Um, I thought it had gotten better after the first time I went to the hospital. And it didn't. It actually got worse. Um, I started to rapidly lose weight because I was no longer eating. And when you're going to the bathroom, like every 30 minutes or so, uh, your body's just losing all of its nutrients as well. So there's a major malnutrition aspect to it. And dehydration starts to set in. And then fatigue. And uh, it's, it's really bad. Overall, like the whole thing is just really, really bad. So I went back to the hospital a couple of days ago because I was no longer able to even record the podcast. And that, that's how bad I was feeling. I, I told my boss and my coworkers that I could no longer work. I was like, I, at this point, I'm completely shutting down. Like my body is not letting me do anything besides stay in the bed. And I feel like if I continue to do that, I'm going to die. Mm. Um, I felt like what I had was life-threatening and I told this to the people who reached out to me my close friends who were really concerned and they were like you know we want you to be better we want you to like feel better but uh, you definitely need to go to the hospital like pretty much everyone was like hospital like you need to go to the hospital and I was like okay I, I agree like at this point it's been a very long time obviously no one knew how long it had been but as you see from Kenny's reaction from it starting on October 7th, but it yeah. is now. Cause I remember, October... I remember when you got sick and like, you know, it was just like a, a little stomach virus and it was, it was like, we were about to, re- it was one of the days we were about to do the podcast. And it was like shortly before you were like, Hey, I'm really, really sick. Like I'm, I'm not gonna be able to record tonight. And I was like, all right, well, you know, whatever, no big deal. And then like the next time we were going to record, you were like, I'm still fucking sick. <laughs> yeah. But then it's just crazy how a month passes, basically. Like, not yeah. a month yet, but it, it's basically been a month, and it's like, holy shit. Yeah, it's been a very long time. Um, several weeks now. And, yeah, it's 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 crazy. So I went to the hospital, uh, and they immediately took me back and put me in a room. So, like, I went to the emergency room, to be clear. I went to the emergency room. Normally, emergency rooms, you're, like, waiting and waiting. And I guess depending on how severe your condition is, depends on how fast they, like, Mm -hmm. move you. And, you know, obviously, someone comes in with, like, a gunshot wound, they're going to be the first one treated. If somebody comes in and they're, like, I'm having heart issues, they're going to be treated high priority. When I came in, I said everything that was wrong with me. They took my vitals. And then the like the nurse or the emergency room technician, I think is what they're called. They went to a doctor immediately and then they came back and they were like, um, we're going to get you back real, real soon. So he was like, just sit over there for a second. I sat for probably four minutes and then they were like, Fraser Smith. And they called me <laughs> and I immediately went back and then they put me in. A, now the first time I went to the emergency room, when I first told them what was going on, because I was still like my weight hadn't really fluctuated yet. And I was still pretty, I guess nourished uh it wasn't really an issue 
and my vitals looked good too because they're still so early on. Um, so even though I felt awful to them, they were like, "Well, your your vitals and everything look good." So they it took several hours. In fact, I know exactly how long I got to the emergency room at 11 a.m. the first time, and I didn't get I didn't get seen by a doctor until 2 p.m. Uh, this time I went to the emergency room and I was seen within a half hour. Like all, you know, all things considered, like from walk in until the time when a doctor, like officially saw me, it was probably a half. It actually probably was less. It was really fast. I remember being extremely fast. I was like, holy hell, I must be in really bad shape. So when a doctor came in, they were like, hey, uh, your like protein, potassium, everything. So every, everything's low. Like you're, you're dehydrated and, you know, like everything that all the things that your body needs to function basically are very low. So they were like, we're going to get you an IV immediately, which I fucking hate those things. If you don't know what an IV is, (laughs) it's where they stick a really big needle into your arm and that allows them to force, uh, medicine and liquids into your body. So you see them all the time in movies and TV shows, but it's like they're always connected to usually like a long silver metal pole and a like a little bag that's like dripping into a tube that comes into somebody's body. So I had one of those. Um, I fucking, again, I hate needles. I'm not a fan. Uh, So I had to get that. And I haven't had an IV in over a decade. When I was younger, I had to get them several times because of my asthma is really bad. I had chronic asthma. So I was like born with asthma and I have like really crazy asthma attacks and stuff. And I guess for whatever reason they were like, well, got to get you an IV. So as a kid, really dramatic experience with that shit. Um, and now in my adult years, this is the first time I've ever had to get an IV. So once I got that hooked up, they were like, we're going to give you uh, medicine to help you with nausea because I was telling them how I was nauseous and I had recently started vomiting. My condition had kept worsening. So at first, my condition was just no appetite. Uh, obviously, going to the bathroom a lot and pretty much like just fatigue and things like that. But then it started to become chills, nausea, and vomiting. And those things are like really, really, really bad. Uh, they're like early onset signs of some terrible things. Uh, I don't even want to, I don't even want to say it, but just know that they're like death type things. So basically the doctors were like, you know, if you waited too long, you would not be here anymore. Um, this is life threatening. They were like, we don't know exactly what's going on with you, but we are going to do a CT scan. So after I'm, I'm hooked up to the IV, they're giving me potassium because they said that. Can I interrupt real quick? Just mm-hmm. one small thing. Something that just sucks, man, is that, and it's not necessarily their fault. It's like you didn't wait too long because you had already gone to the hospital before. Yes. You know what I mean? But like you weren't bad enough for them to really recognize that it was that bad. Yes. And that's just something that sucks because it's like you didn't wait too long. You went there, they're like, whatever, just like sleep it off. And then like, you could have just died. The yes. The first time they essentially just shrugged it off. They were like, oh, like let it pass. Basically. They were like, don't take Pepto. Don't take Imodium. I was told by a doctor specifically, do not like, don't take those things, which, you know, that's fair. That's correct. Do not take those because he's like, your body's trying to force out 
whatever is wrong. So I get that. That's what like diarrhea is. It's your body trying to force out toxins and stuff like that. But normally it passes after a couple days. Uh, sometimes it can linger a little bit longer, but not too much longer. This has now, when I went to the emergency room the second time, to be clear, I went back on October 21st, I want to say it was, and I have first gone on October 7th, or no, I have first gone on October 11th, but the thing started on October 7th. So October 7th to October 21st is exactly 14 days since the illness started. So it had been two weeks of no improvement whatsoever, like two weeks of just literally suffering. And uh, so when I say things like, you know, if you wait any longer, it's like, okay, like I didn't really wait. But after you guys sent me home the first time, I was kind of having anxiety about going back and being sent home again, thinking that I started to have anxiety about thinking I was a little bit crazy. I don't know. It's weird the way your brain works. No, it's fair Ill. though. I, I I understand that anxiety because like you went to the doctors, whatever, whatever, and they're like, you're fine. And then so you start being like, well, they said I'm fine. And like, am I being a little bitch? And like, right. like there's things that it's not just like being a little bitch, but there's things that like your mind will play tricks and you're like, I'm probably just fine. Like, it's not that, you know, and then you just play the mental gymnastics in your yeah. head and then it just it becomes. I, was like, I really don't want to go back to the emergency room and they're like, you just have to let it pass. Cause I'm like, God damn, like that would, that would be the worst. So I actually told myself the second time going, you know, just to back up a little bit, I was like, if I go and they tell me that I just need to like, let it pass or that if they try to send me home anyway, I said, I wasn't accepting. I yeah, literally, yeah. I literally went there with the mindset that I'm not going home. I pa- actually packed my book bag full of things. I bought so much shit with me that I would need. I bought, fuck you're like i'm staying here overnight y'all not giving me a fucking coke and a smile i think i realized i left my uh my phone charger um but anyway so i i realized really fast i was like okay i packed a really long phone charger i packed uh underwear like toothbrush toothpaste socks uh sweatpants, like all types of things. Cause I was ready. I was like, I'm going to be in the hospital for several days. I just know I am. I was like, there's no way they're going to look at my condition. Now me having lost so much weight. When I stepped on a scale before going to the emergency room, I was frightened. I had already dropped 12 pounds and that was scary to me. And then looking at my body in the mirror, because I'm a pretty small person already. So normally like my normal body weight is around 145, let's say is like peak. Like I'm from 140 to 145. That's like where my body kind of settles at at all times. Like if I go above it, it comes back down. If I go below it at all, it always goes back up to it. But 145 is pretty much where I'm at. I'm around, I'm around five six, so I'm a pretty short guy. Um, so 145 is great for me. It's like I look healthy. Like no one will question anything. But I had dropped to like the low 130s, and you could see it. My friend who went to the emergency room with me, he as soon as he walked in my apartment, he was like, oh, you, I can see, like, you look, like, obviously you look bad, but he was like, you, I could tell with the weight loss. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And I was I'm, going, sure, I'm sure everybody listening can tell. When I first got on the call with you, I was like, oh, like, you sound like your body. I can hear in your voice that your body's exhausted. Yes. 
And uh, it's funny because right before we started recording this current episode, I have been in bed. So I actually was napping for like the last three hours and my body is still just so like a week. There's no other way to describe it. Like it's just fucking weak. And I have to take like very deep breaths in between um, certain things. But yeah, so they they said we're going to do a CT scan. So now I have the IV. I'm getting all types of like nutrients and stuff. They're trying to get my vitals back up to speed. One of the things that she said that really fucking scared me, I didn't really notice about potassium. So she said, your heartbeat is irregular now. And she's like, that is really concerning to us. And it's because your potassium levels are so low. And, and potassium like regulates some kind of the muscles or something like that. She said it like something about the smoothness or I don't know all the medical terms they use, but she basically was saying that you, you, your body basically needs potassium. Otherwise it's fucking lights out. So mm-hmm. they brought in an entire like pack, uh, like a liquid pack of it to put through my IV. And then they also gave me pills like potassium pills to take. So that must've been like a really severe thing or something because they were very like adamant about that and just like, make sure he takes this. You have to watch him take it and all sorts of stuff. And I'm like, God damn. Um, the pills were huge. So I had to have them like break them up. Cause I was like, there's no way I was like, they were huge. It was two pills. They were gigantic. The biggest pills I've ever seen. <laughs> so they broke them up and uh, I took them tasted awful. Cause once you break it, you know, it's like chalky. Yeah. Yeah. So I took that. Then they put this fucking, CT scan prep drink in front of me. Now, Kenny, <laughs> when I tell you, I hope that you never ever have to get a CT scan or anything because the drink they put in front of me was so fucking nasty. So it's a clear liquid and it's in a it's in a pretty big water bottle. Um like bigger than a bigger than a natural size bottle of water. It's definitely more than like 12 ounces. It's it was a pretty big amount. And they were like, we need you to down all of this uh like in a pretty quick amount of time. Like we need you to down this pretty fast because we're gonna take you to get a CT scan. Now this is all this is all happening. So everything's happening fast. Like th- I must be literally dying. Now I, I already know I'm dying because the way I feel, but the way they're all behaving and the way all these different physicians and stuff are coming into my room. And I'm meeting all these different people, all these different nurses and doctors. I mean, just so many. And they keep on coming in and doing all these checks. And I'm like, damn, like how many people are going to see me? They're like, I'm doctor, I'm doctor. I don't remember any of their names. Like they keep on coming in and just introducing new people. And they're like, I do this. I specialize in this. I specialize in that. And they're like, I'm sorry, you feel this way. We just need to check this. And so it was a lot. Like I was being worked on by a lot of different people. Anyway, so one of you motherfuckers better know what's going on. Yes. So (laughs) the crazy thing is. Um, none of them did, but to be fair, it's because the type of doctor specifically that needs to figure out what's wrong with me was called a gastroenterologist. So a GI doctor, mm-hmm. just, you know, a stomach doctor, they are specialists. They, you know, they went to school specifically for everything going on in the gut. And they can die. They're the ones who can diagnose you with like issues that I that I was having. So they give me this nasty ass clear liquid drink. It is, it had to be the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. Like it had to be. There, I don't think that there was anything I've ever tasted that was worse than this drink. It was fucking awful. I can't even describe it. It, it was just no. It was very medical. Like that had that medical taste to it. Like yeah, yeah. You know, and it and it had a strong 
lingering aftertaste. It was awful. Like, it's like that medicine taste that every kid hates, but times 100. <laughs> yes, because it was like, I could tell that it wasn't dumbed down at all for a kid. It was it was some adult version shit. Like, there was no <laughs> flavoring added to it. Like, anything that we would do to make it where a kid could kind of get through it, that mm-hmm. was that was not dumb. That was out me. the window. They were like, you're a grown-ass man. You can do this. <laughs> So I started to drink it and I was like, I looked, I took the first couple of sips. And I looked at the I looked at the physician. I was like, um, you still have to drink this kind of fast, right? And she was like, Yes. And I was like, this is going to be really hard. I was like, I, I was like, I know I need to, but I was like, it is she's like, I know, it's awful. I was like, it is really, really bad. Oh my god! And she was like, "Yeah, it really sucks, but we really need you to get through it." So I was like, "Okay." So at this point, I, I said to myself, "I really want to get better. I want to get through this because I'm gonna be honest. Uh, as the days went on, let's say like day ten, eleven, twelve of me being sick. So I went to the hospital on day fourteen again. So days ten, eleven, and twelve, I really started to think about my mortality." I started to think about um, how I will be remembered and how people are going to take it if I had passed. Um, I don't normally think like that. Like, I don't think, I try not to think about dying and things like that not often anyway but this felt very scary and i'm trying not to tear up because the only part that really hurt me was just thinking about just thinking about my friends and stuff and how hurt sorry no you're good man you're good this is real i mean this is real life i just didn't want to hurt everybody and uh I was like, I just have to keep fighting. Like, I have to. I felt, I'm so weak. But I was like, I have to keep going. I was like, I have to keep going. So when they, when they put the drink in front of me and everything, I was like, you know what? This is fucking nothing. And I just started downing it. I started drinking it, like, rapidly. And she was staring at me. Her eyes got big and everything. She was like, wow, I've never seen anybody do that like that was she's like i don't know where that came from but i was like i was like i just had to get it done like i, I yeah it's a small price it's a small price to pay yes so i just downed it and again the worst tasting thing i've ever had in my life like it was awful um so then she's like okay within the next hour we're going to take you up to like the x-ray room or whatever where you're going to get the ct scan so i was like okay so i laid back in bed just laying there staring at the ceiling thinking and I was like, okay, at least I'm in, I was like, I'm in the right place. These people care. I will not lie. So I went to Pennsylvania Hospital, Penn Medicine, and they really fucking care. Um, like they really, really care. Those doctors, they fucking care. Like they really go above and beyond to make you feel like they want you to get better and that they are trying at no point. And it's weird. I was thinking, like, at some point, one of these people is going to have a very nonchalant attitude. Mm -hmm. A very, like, I'm just doing my job kind of feel to them. Yeah, yeah. I swear to God, I had to see at least 10 different 
actual doctors, like people who have medical degrees, people who have gone to school for 12 years minimum. I had to see at least 10 of them in this first day. Like just, I'm just the first day in the emergency room hospital area. And all of them were like, they just cared. You can, the feeling they gave me was insane. They were like, we're, we're going to figure this out. We are running so many different things. They took my blood. They took urine samples. They took stool samples. They did everything. They were like, we are going to figure out what's wrong with you. And we're going to fix this. We're going to figure it out. Um, so they were like, don't worry. We're going to get to the bottom of it. And, you know, it's going to be better. Uh, so they, you know, like 40 minutes pass. And then a guy comes with a wheelchair. And he takes me up to the uh, this floor that has all these different rooms for different kind of x-ray procedures. Now, I've never gotten a CT scan before. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if it would be... I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. As soon as the door opened, because they take you to the floor, and you're kind of like waiting there um, in line, actually. So in front of me was an elderly woman who had... She was in her bed. Like, they moved her entire bed Damn. to the floor to get her there. They didn't put her in a wheelchair, so her condition had to be really bad. So this elderly woman was in front of me, she was like coughing up a storm and just, she seemed to be in really bad shape. So as I'm sitting there waiting for my turn, you know, that's when the thoughts of like, okay, it could always be worse. You know, like it, other people are going through shit too. Um, there's some really bad things going on for other people. So I started to like try to calm myself down as far as my own condition. You know, every, obviously my own feelings are valid. Like how I feel is valid. Like I feel terrible in that moment and I want to feel better, but seeing someone else also going through whatever they're going through and feeling really bad and about to get the same type of scan or whatever that I was getting, I was like, okay, like you can do this too. Like she's about to do it. You can do this too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they put her in a room and then eventually the door opens and then it's like my turn. So I go, I go in, they like wheelchair me in. And there's these two guys, two technicians, I guess. And there's this gigantic machine that's like a circle. And there's a bed in between, a long bed that slides. There's like a sliding mechanism to it. So I was like, oh, I kind of seen something like this before. I kind of know what this is. I know what this, I believe they use that type of thing for cancer too. Um, But so they put me, they were like, uh, you know, can you stand? I was like, yeah, I can stand. Like, I can definitely stand. So I stood up. He's like, sit on the bed. Uh, lay back and put your arms all the way back, like above your head. So like kind of stretch your body out. I was like, okay. He was like, you're going to get prompts on what to do. It's going to be breathing exercises. We just need you to follow the breathing exercises and the prompts. I was like, okay. He was like, all right, we're ready to start. This is going to be, it's not going to be bad. It's going to be fine. I was like, okay. So they slide me into the gigantic circle. It's like, everything's white, by the way. This whole room is white, just to give you like an atmospheric vibe of it. The whole room is white. The machine is white. The bed is white. Everything is white. So they slide me down. It's very, everything sounds very mechanical. You hear the machine power up. It has that turbine sound to it. Like literally the sound of a turbine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it powers up. And I'm now, my eyes are directly like, so I'm in the circle and my eyes are directly uh, looking at the top of it i guess like from the inside and you can see like these lights circling me uh through metal and they're just like rapidly going around so i was like god damn it i really hate all of this like i hate everything (laughs) 
Uh, and so then, then I started getting my first prompt. It was like, take a slight breath and hold it. So at first, I didn't realize, I don't know why, maybe because I was staring so much at the machinery, I didn't realize that prompt was for me. So I didn't do anything at first. Like there was like a two second period where I just wasn't there. It was like, take a slight breath and hold it. And I was like, oh shit. Like that's for me. So I was like, <laughs> so I took the quick, I took a quick breath and then I just like held it. And then it was like, breathe now, breathe normal. It was like, uh, take a deep breath and then breathe normal. And then the machine moved me back and it like kind of slipped me out. And then the guy said, now put your arms up and touch the machine. And so I did that. And then it slipped me back in. It was like, take a, you know, take these different kinds of breaths. So I did all of this. He was like, all right, that's it. Scans over. Uh, I'm actually forgetting one key part. Mm. So you guys know I have the IV in my arm. And when I first laid on the bed, the guy was like, uh, we're going to flush your IV. So flushing the IV is literally them taking a syringe that's filled with uh, some kind of liquid. And then they like connect it to the IV and they just press down on it. Uh, it's kind of painful. I don't know if it's always supposed to be painful, um, but it's liquid being forced through your veins really, really quickly, kind of. Mm. Uh, literally a flush. And so when he did it, I was like, ah, like I had that kind of reaction to it. Yeah. He flushes it. And then he's like, okay, we're going to uh, put this other liquid into you. And it's going to make you feel really, really warm all in Yeah, yep, yep. And I was like, okay. He was like, don't be alarmed. It's going to go away after a period. But he was like, you're going to have a very warm sensation throughout your body. So he gives me that. And that was also kind of painful, like through the IV. So I was like, damn it, like this fucking IV... I'm like, they already did they already did the needle part. Like the worst part of it is over. So or so I thought. So I was like, is every time that somebody has to inject something into this shit gonna be painful? Because I was like, I'm not looking forward to that. I just hate the whole aspect of the needle thing. But anyway, so I did get that very warm feeling and it was it was kind of a disgusting feeling. Like the way you feel is kind of I don't even know how to describe it. It's just kind of a gross feeling though. It's like he said, warm is one way to describe it, but also kind of like nauseous. But it's not comforting warm. It's not a comforting warm at all. It's not a warm, fuzzy feeling that people get inside. It's a nasty, warm feeling. Uh, so, so the whole thing is done. He's like, all right, you're done. So I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. Like overall, I was like, sure. Like if this is all part of getting me better, fair. So he took me back to my room and I lay back down. The, one of the doctors comes back in and she's like, hey, uh, so we're going to wait for your CT scan results. In the meantime, you need to see a gastroenterologist, but we're afraid that if we were to send you home or anything like that, that you wouldn't see one for a month because that's how hard it is to see a GI doctor. She was like, that being said, we've decided that we are going to have you see one here at the hospital, you know, above the emergency room. So like the actual Pennsylvania hospital now. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, I didn't realize what she was saying at first. And she was like, which means we're going to admit you to the hospital where you will be staying. And I was like, in my head, I was like, perfect. Like this is, that's yeah. where I wanted. You were like, I packed my fucking bag for this. <laughs> I had a book bag with me and the book bag was packed. Like I, there was, I was like, there's <laughs> no way I'm going home. Like I'm not going home. So when she said that, 
I was like, oh, like this is exactly what I expected. And, you know, I was ready for that. So I was like, okay. She was like, now, in order to have you admitted into the hospital, we have to have you sign all these forms and uh, stuff like that. So I was like, okay. So they gave me all these forms to sign and initial and all that. So I did it. And they were like, we need a emergency contact. Everything's, you know, you put my mom and everything down. They were like, we, so just in case, um, you know, anything happens, who we need to inform on, like your condition and update and all that type of stuff. Uh, so they were, they were like, soon, you know, within the next uh, hour, hour and a half, you're going to be taken to the hospital. I was like, okay. Which is literally just getting on an elevator and going up floors to the, you know. So I was like, okay. Uh, eventually, the GI doctor comes in. This is like now, I, I want to say like 40 minutes have passed after the CT scan. He was like, hey, man, well, how the, are you doing? The GI doctor came in the first day? Yep. Oh, wow. It was that bad. And you could tell. Um, they pulled him from whatever he was, like not from, I won't say from whatever he was doing, but I could tell that it was one of those things where this wasn't on his plan for today because yeah. i don't think that it's normal for people to have such dire gi issues that need to be diagnosed like that day she even said it like normally we would send people home and tell like give them a doctor to go to or have them schedule a visit with a gi doctor yep. to kind of like get this whole thing figured out and then treat it and diagnosed because they didn't diagnose me yet they don't know what's wrong with me Yep. But a GI doctor could properly diagnose me. None of the doctors there, no matter how much schooling and everything they had, they were like, we can't, we can't. They just weren't trained for it. Yeah, they were like, we cannot yeah. diagnose you. We don't know, we don't know what's wrong. All we're doing is like doing all the basic things that any doctor would do and making sure that you stay alive. So, but they got a, they got a GI doctor to come down. He came down, he's a guy, uh, really tall. And he came to my room and he looked at me. He was like, hey, I understand you're feeling really bad. He was like, uh, I just got the results of your CT scan. I just viewed it. He was like, you have a lot of inflammation all throughout your like chest and stomach area. He was like, that's what the CT scan revealed. He was like, now, I'm pretty, I'm going to be pretty blunt about all of this because I need you to know. Now, I really like this guy. Um, even him. He's not excluded from the doctors that I named about how they all felt like they care. He was legit. So, and he's going to be with me for the next couple of days, which is also good. I really like that. Um, so when he came to see me, he was like, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's really bad what I'm seeing. He was like, it looks like you have Crohn's disease or something called like ulcer something itis. I don't know. It's a really long word. But it starts with the word ulcer, it sounds like. And I was like, okay. Because in my head, I don't, I don't know what that means. I've heard yeah. of Crohn's disease before, but I don't really know what Crohn's disease Same. Means. Same. So when he said it, I was just kind of like, I, you know, I just did the typical patient head nod, like with doctors telling you something, and you're just like, yep. So he's like, you, you know, you, it looks like you have uh, Crohn's disease or just everything. And he was like, uh, both of them are a major life change. It's an autoimmune disease. And basically what that means is that your body has decided that it's normal bowel functions and like the things that your body normally does when it eats food and just like the normally function, your body's attacking it 
it's attacking itself. That's that's what's happening with this autoimmune disease. You know, celiac disease for people who are like gluten free, when they eat uh, wheat and the wheat protein gets into their body, their body literally starts to release toxins and stuff, and it starts to attack. It starts to attack the person. Like it starts to make yeah. them feel really ill. From what I understand, they get really, really, really bad diarrhea from eating gluten from from consuming it. It's, it's painful. It's bad. Like, and it can kill them too. Uh, you keep so if you're like. If you have celiac disease and you're like, you know what, I'm just going to have some fucking pasta because I love macaroni and cheese and I just can't resist. And you decide I'm just going to deal with like the consequences that you, you, you actually just can't do that. Because uh, when my, I have a coworker who has celiac disease and I told her, I said, if I couldn't have Oreos anymore, because that's one of the first things she told me when I first started working with her is like, she's like, I used to love Oreos and I actually can't have them anymore. And I was like, holy hell, if I couldn't have Oreos anymore, I would just fucking still eat them. She's like, you can't. You can't. And I was like why can't you? I was like, I mean, you get like the runs or whatever, but like, you know, sometimes it's worth it. You know, this is me. Obviously, Sometimes it's worth it, baby. Yeah. And obviously at the time I wasn't being like a hundred percent serious. I was kind of just like, you know, like making a light joke that Oreos are that fucking good because I love it. And she was like, no, you don't understand. If you continue to consume gluten, uh, it will eventually start to like put holes into your internal organs. And you will actually just die. Mm. Like, so I was like, God damn. Like, all right. It's a little serious. More serious than I thought. Yeah, she shit. Like, I mean, that don't mean I'm not going to eat an Oreo, though. Like, I mean, I'm still going to eat an Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> she said that. I was like, I was like, when did you get diagnosed with celiac disease? And she said when I was 32. Damn. And I said, wait. So you went. Your whole life, basically, because she was when she told me this, I believe she was thirty-five. I said, "So you went, you went most of your life, like all of your life, really, just being normal. Like you could eat." She was like, "I used to eat everything: muffins, donuts, bagels, cakes, pies, cookies, whatever I want." Mind you, she's a really like fit person too. Um, the girl I'm talking about, pretty tall girl. She's taller than most, uh, around six foot. Just to be like, you know, just leave a description. So she's really tall and really skinny. Now, obviously, she's probably skinny now because she can't have a lot of things that are terrible for you. But she's like, I've always been small. Even when I used to eat whatever I want, I just want those people that can eat whatever they want and still be skinny. Yeah. So she was like, uh, yeah, I used to eat everything. And I was like, that's how I am. You know, that's how I eat right now. And I was like, I, if I, and I told her, I said, if I was diagnosed with celiac disease, I would die. Because it's too much of a lifestyle change for me. I don't think I can handle it. I love bread. I love, you know, and obviously they have all these substitutes now and all these gluten-free things. And over my course of time working with her, I got to try gluten-free things because I was just curious and I just kind of empathize with her condition. So I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to try the gluten-free version of the pizza. I'm going to try a gluten-free version of this cake. I'm going to try a gluten-free version of this bread. Dog, when I tell you that I have, I'm, I've yet <laughs> to have a gluten-free thing that is based on like a bread or wheat product that tastes good. They're all fucking awful. You are just regular. I don't care. Like, we are not going to sit here and lie. If you are regular, like if you if you do not have celiac disease, if you're a person who's just used to eating breads and pastas and all of those things, you know, mm-hmm. anything anything that has this this protein in it that uh, celiac disease people can't handle, um, 
it it tastes awful. Like gluten free things taste awful to us. So the first one of the first things I had was a gluten free sandwich. Like so, the bread was gluten free. The meat and everything was regular. The bread is so crumbly and dry. It's so fucking crumbly. I was waiting okay, for you to say that. You, okay, so you know. Yes, it's I've had gluten free bread. I remember trying to butter it. And I was like, dog, this bread is falling apart in my hands. Like, I was trying to butter it. It was gluten-free bread. Yeah. And it's just, like, really crumbly. And I was like, what is, like, what is happening? It's completely unusable. It is awful. And then it also tastes as bad as it, it feels. Like, so it's crumbly. And so when you try to bite into it, mind you, I was hungry. Uh, because this was my job. They're very considerate. My job is insane. When we were in the office, and we haven't been in the office in almost two years now. But when we were in the office, they would buy us lunch all the time and they would get different things. So sometimes they would order like uh, sandwich trays and they would get a gluten-free version of everything for the people who at my job who had it. Not many people obviously have celiac disease, but still they was, you know, they would still look out for them. They made sure that there was always options for those people. And, uh, so I, I just wanted to try. So I was like, I'll just try one of the gluten-free sandwiches if no one minds, you know, no one who actually has you know, like disease and needs them. But my coworker was like, you know, you can you can have you can have uh, one of the sandwiches. Like there's always something left over at the end of the lunches. I was like, okay. So I I tried to eat it and I told her, I said, I will not we <laughs> finished this i took two bites of it just as a good sport the first bite i knew i wasn't the first i was already not game the first bite like the first bite i knew i wasn't game uh i knew i was bitch made immediately i said oh i'm not cut out for this life at all <laughs> like at all and i believe the sandwiches were from primos or something like that which i don't know if they have primos everywhere but in philly uh, primos yeah, that's a premier spot it's a fucking it's a mate like their sandwiches their hoagies are fucking amazing. And so normally when my job orders primos or whatever, um, I'm happy because I know I'm about to get some chips, a couple packets of mayo, hook it up, go back to my desk and have a nice free lunch that I actually enjoy. It's not those shitty, you know, how sometimes jobs will get you like free food, but it'll, it's damn near comparable to a fucking TV dinner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but this, my job never doesn't, they always get like, real shit like chick-fil-a and chipotle catered and all types of really like you know things that are good to everyone pretty much anyway so two by ten i knew i wasn't game and i was like holy shit i was like i don't i I told her i "I don't know how you do this i don't know how i don't know how you do it this is too much i said this is too much especially for someone who lived 30 plus years of their life regular like you were able to get the regular option and eat the cookies and all that stuff and now all of a sudden you're telling me that for the last two and a half years you've been on this new diet where you can't have more than 50 percent of the things that you used to eat like you just can't have it she's like yeah that's my life now and she's like it is she's like obviously at first it's fucking depressing she's like but you realize and she said i you know at, at first i definitely did the uh stubborn thing you know i tried to Try to still eat some things, you know, here and there. Like, it can't be, it can't all be so bad, right? Like, you know, this mm-hmm. one killed me. But she was like, the way you feel after you consume gluten is so bad that it will, it will make you never want to do it. it it'll cure you. It'll cure you from wanting to have Oreos. Yes. It will make everything look 
repulsive that has it. It will kind of frighten you. So I was like, damn, I don't think anything can frighten me from wanting Oreos and stuff like that, but I will take your word for it. I said, but that gluten-free shit was awful. So anyway, the gastroenterologist tells me you have, you might, you may have Crohn's disease or ulcer, whatever, itis thingy. And he's like, these are both chronic illnesses. Um, they're not curable. So, so I was like, okay. Uh, yep. That's fair. He was like, we don't know yet, but what we're going to do is we're going to perform a colonoscopy on you. And so as soon as I heard that word, I was like, oh, God, like, mm-hmm. I'm thinking to myself, like, how did it get this far? Like, this is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm just I'm just thinking, like, how did it get this far? Like, I have been as healthy as a fucking ox for at least a decade. Like, I haven't really been sick too much where I need, especially to go to the hospital. I haven't been to the hospital in yeah. over a decade. And I've gone twice now in less than two weeks. I've gone twice to the emergency room. Like, that is crazy. Because, you know, it's one thing to go to, like, your doctor. Like, you schedule a visit, and then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling a little under the weather, but I can, I can maybe wait. For me to schedule, I mean, for me to go to the emergency room where it's like, I can't wait. Like, I can't wait mm-hmm. to see a you know, I can't wait to see my doctor. I don't have time for that whole like, oh, it's October 7th. You'll see your doctor on December 3rd. Because that's that's the timeline they were giving me to see, a, you know, a doctor. Yeah, and you were like, I'll be dead. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, if I had to go through this until December, I'm not going to make it. Like, there's there's just no fucking way I would survive. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. I almost didn't survive 14 days. Like, I almost didn't survive 14 yeah. days. I mean, it sounds like you weren't really eating. And even if you did eat, you were throwing it all up or shitting it all out. Yeah. So I wasn't really. And I, I want to be uh, very clear here. So when I say I wasn't eating, I'm going to tell you exactly what I mean. So the first couple of days, I, you know, when it first, when, when this first happened, day one, Thursday, October 7th, you know, I went to the bathroom a lot and I was like, that's abnormal. Uh, but sure. The next day, because I had been going throughout the night as well. The next day I told my boss, I was like, I'm not going to be able to work today, you know, cause I work from home. So, you know, it, me working is turning on my computer in my bedroom and like working. I told him straight up. I said, I'm not going to be able to work today. And I messaged him this at like 4 a.m. I said, I feel awful. I'm up right now because I've been in and out the bathroom for the last four hours constantly. And I said, it, it, it feels like there's no sign of it stopping. So I said, I'm going to be just taking it easy today. Uh, I apologize for the inconvenience type of thing. You know, that was the mm-hmm. God. He said, you know, I want you to feel better. I'm sorry that you feel this way. Take as much time as you need. No big deal. Like we'll hold it down. I said, the good thing is the weekend is, you know, coming up. So, like, it'll be, uh, I'm all Friday now, and then I'll have Saturday and Sunday. And I was thinking to myself, this is going to be done by Sunday at the latest. Like, Sunday, I think that it'll be, like, the dreg, you know, the dregs of it. It'll be, you know, the end. Yeah, you were going to be good by Monday. Yeah, I was going to be in work. Like, I should be able to work by Monday, even if I'm a little, like, groggy or a little a little weak from going to the bathroom so much or whatever. I would be fairly fine by Monday. 
Monday rolled around and I was like, holy shit, I still feel awful. And I'm still not getting rest because I get woken up every, I was getting woken up every half hour to an hour. So I wasn't getting good sleep at all. Um, not recuperative sleep, at least. So even when I would, like, you know, I'm actually officially asleep. It's like, it doesn't matter if you fucking wake up in 20, 30 minutes. Your body didn't get any energy back from that. It's just not how mm-hmm. sleep works. So I was like, okay. Monday, I sent another message. I said, hey, I'm actually going to the emergency room. And that was the first time I went, which is the 11th now. Uh, so as far as eating... The first couple days, that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was like, my appetite was still slightly there. So I would order things that I liked off of Uber Eats, like Chipotle. I remember that was one of the things I ordered, Chipotle burrito. Uh, just things that, uh, a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I really like the spicy Popeye's chicken sandwich. Things like that. So I ordered them. And the Chipotle burrito was the first, like, fear thing for me because I, you know, I got my chicken, extra meat, all that stuff. I got exactly how I like it. It came still nice and like hot and everything. I took a bite and it tasted kind of awful. I don't know what, I didn't really, and I didn't tell my doctors this either, but one of the weird things about when I first started to get sick and it kind of remained throughout with physical food was Food started to have a very strong taste one way or the other. Mm. Uh, so the Chipotle burrito tasted extremely salty. Like when I bit into it and I finally got some chicken, rice, cheese, everything. Like when I got a full mouthful, which is what I usually love when I get to the point where like I'm getting full mouthfuls of the entire burrito. You know, at first when you bite into it, you're getting mostly like the tortilla. And then like you get rice and maybe a little bit of chicken. And that first bite is like just kind of to take the fucking top off. That's kind of how I see it. It's not the best bite of food. And then after that, you kind of reveal everything and you're like, okay, now I can bite where I want. It's kind of a whole thing. I'm, you know, it it excites me even talking about because I love Chipotle that well, I used to. I haven't really eaten Chipotle like that in the last couple of years. But Chipotle is one of the foods that I generally do like, especially when it's good. Like when it's fucking good, it's great. So as I'm looking at this burrito, I'm like, this burrito looks amazing. But I started to bite into it, and it was so salty. So I was like, well, maybe this was just a bad burrito. So I I took literally, like, three bites of it. And I was able to swallow those bites. And then I just sat the burrito down next to me at my desk. And I never went back to it. Mm. And I didn't have the desire to go back to it. And I wasn't hungry either. Um, That didn't really, like, alarm me or anything at first. That was, like, like ground zero day one type vibes when that was happening. But then... The next day, I was like, all right, I didn't really eat anything yesterday. All I had was water and Gatorade because I go puffed Gatorade in the middle of the night once I started to look up what should you do when you're, you know, going to the bathroom that much and everything. So I like got Gatorade because it said you're losing electrolytes. You need to try to keep up with the dehydration. So it was like Gator sports drinks are good for it. Obviously, water, etc. So I go puffed a bunch of Gatorade. Go puff is fucking amazing, by the way. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my neighborhood, but it comes so quick like if i go puff something that shit comes in like less than 20 minutes and i don't know what that's about i don't know if everyone has that experience <laughs> but it is really weird to me because the first time i ever used go puff was literally a couple weeks ago i even posted about it on facebook like i said this is the best time to be alive i just summoned 
two pints of fucking Ben and Jerry's ice cream to my apartment and they just arrived in like 15 minutes. Um, all my steps crazy. It's, it's ridiculous. Like I don't, I was like, go puff is wild. Like maybe cause I live in the city and not the suburbs. I don't know, but go puff. I don't know how they do it, but everything I've ordered to my door has come to like, it's sitting at my door within 15, 20 minutes max, like absolute max. So order Gatorade and that shit came immediately and I've refrigerated it. Excuse me. I refrigerated it and I started to drink that and everything. Uh, so to be clear, I only had a couple bites of this burrito now and Gatorade that day. The next day I ordered Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich and I took a couple bites of it and it was that same thing, like really intense flavor, like, uh, not in a good way. And the Popeye's spicy chicken sandwich is one of my favorite things. It's good. It's very good. And the last, the time, so the last time I had it, before, you know, when I wasn't sick, I fucked it up. Like Kenny, I fucked mm-hmm. it up. Oh, I know. I hadn't had one in like a month. So when I did have one, I literally sat in my bed and I destroyed it. And I remember thinking to myself, holy fuck, that sandwich was insane. Like I, I, was, like, <laughs> really, I, was, like, that spe- I was like, that specific one that I just had, that one was insane. Um, finger looking like it was that good. So when I'm now biting into this one in my bed again and I'm ill, it didn't taste good. Mm. And, uh, but I, I could taste it. Like it wasn't like my taste buds were bland or something. I just, it just didn't taste good. Like my, my body was kind of rejecting it. So again, I did the same thing. I took like three bites of it. I sat it down. And now it's just kind of sitting on that aluminum little container, like that little uh, paper thing that they put it in. It's just sitting on top of that. And I'm watching, watching TV. And I'm sitting there drinking Gatorade. And a couple hours go by and it's just still sitting there. I don't have a desire for it. I'm also not hungry. So at this point, now, now I'm, now I realize what's happening. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm not, I'm losing my appetite. Like I'm not, I don't want food anymore. Like I don't, I don't want food. My body, my brain has tricked itself into believing that food is repulsive. Yep. Like it's fully tricked itself into believing that food is awful and that it's not good. So I was like that, that scared me. So I said to myself, okay, I need to still eat. I don't care what my brain is telling my body. I need to still eat. So the next day I do the same thing. I go over to eat and I find something that I really like, something I've had probably hundreds of times, and I order it, and the same thing happens. I take like two bites of it, and I can't eat any more of it. And I'm I'm drowning money. Like I am just the, the all of these meals are like twenty dollars per like per. So I'm doing this every day, and I'm just like I'm not eating this food. And my fridge is now getting stockpiled with uh, three <laughs> bite taken food, just a ton of it. So. Now I'm like, okay, I don't have a desire for food, which is scary. I, I was telling my friends about this, and then one of them said, yo, what you need to do is you need to have liquid food and get, like, Ensure. So I said, oh, that's a good idea. Actually, I forgot about Ensure. Now, if people don't know, Ensure is a, it's kind of like a milkshake type of drink. It's usually given to older people. Uh, at least that was my experience with ever seeing Ensure, but my grandma used to drink them. And basically, it's it actually doesn't taste 
bad. It tastes like melted ice cream. Like if, if somebody melted ice cream and then uh, cooled it so that it doesn't it doesn't become ice cream anymore, but it's it's like a liquid form of it. Yep. It, it has that kind of vibe to it. Anyway. So, but it, the thing about it is that it has, if you look at the nutritional facts of it, it has a lot of shit in it, a lot of good stuff for you, a lot of things that your body needs. So I was like, okay, cool. I go puffed and sure, because apparently you can do that too. And it comes really quick. I was like, holy fuck. Uh, I started drinking insure. And I fit the first, you know, the first day I finished an entire insure. And I was like, okay, that wasn't too bad. Like, I'd rather not do this, but. I'm going to do what I have to do. This is all, you know, this is me self-medicating at this point. And the, uh, the next day I had no desire for insure. Damn. They were in my fridge. I ordered two six packs of it. Uh, so I had 12 of them. So the next day I like forced myself, I grabbed one and forced myself. I was like, I'm going to take this upstairs. I'm going to sit it on my desk and I'm going to slowly drink this. I know I don't want it, but I'm going to force myself to slowly drink it. And I did that, and I did that for a couple days, like the whole insure thing, where I would like drink one every day. Uh, it got to a point where I started to only drink half before they would get warm and need to be discarded. Um, and then it got to a point where I just stopped. I stopped getting them altogether out the fridge. Like I just wouldn't do it. Uh, so at a point. I literally stopped eating anything at all. And I'm not exaggerating about this. I was literally only drinking liquids and not eating anything. Like mm. actually zero food, none, like literally none, not drinking in shore, not having jello or ice cream, like nothing, like literally nothing. So when the gastro doctor brings up a colonoscopy, he's like, He's like, we're going to do it tomorrow. Uh, you know, so we're, he's like, I understand I'm going to move you into the hospital. You're going to be here overnight and everything like that. He's like, we're going to have you do some prep. You're going to not be able to consume anything, including all liquids at midnight of today. Now, mind you, this Damn. is all the same day I'm in the emergency room. I went to the emergency room. So he's like, by 12 midnight tonight, like full stop on everything. You will not be able to have anything. And he was like, we're going to give you a prep a drink to have that you have to down or whatever. I was like, okay. He was like, the good thing is, you know, and this is crazy to say, but like you haven't been eating, which shows in your CT scan. Like I can see from your blood work and like your, all your other samples that like you, there's nothing in you. Like literally like there's just nothing in you. Mm. He, he was like, and the, and the, and the Gatorade that you had, you actually vomited. Cause the last couple of Gatorades, I, I don't know what happened with that. At first, I didn't have any vomiting symptoms, but then the like, you know, those later days, like those 10, 11, 12 days, because I go to the hospital on the 14th day, those 10, 11, 12 days, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden vomiting started to happen. And that's another way that you're just like losing stuff. And the vomiting would happen rapidly. So I would like drink Gatorade. And I, I thought it was because I was drinking it too quickly because I was at one point I did chug a Gatorade. That was the first way it happened. I chugged a Gatorade and I went up into my room. And I started to get that salivating feeling. I was like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, not this too. Like in my head, I'm like, not. I was like, not this too. Like this just, this just can't. I was like, it's just getting worse now. It's, like, so it's just getting, bad. I was like, it's just Dude, getting worse. One of the worst feelings ever is just like 
just out of normal things is when you're just fucking hugging a toilet. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there's nothing worse exactly than when you're like what you when you're just about. like you have that hot sweat or yep. whatever, and like you're hugging and a toilet and you're the throwing saliva up, starts like, to your mouth dude. gets really wet. And the whole time you're there, you're thinking to yourself, like you're just thinking the worst. Like it's so bad when you're in yeah. that specific situation. You're also so. trying. You're trying to stop yourself from throwing up because you know that's what's happening. Like you, yeah, you know, we, we've all done it so many times. I'm sure by, you know, our age, we vomited enough to know like this is what is about to happen to my like this is what's coming. Mm-hmm. And there's been times when I've I've gotten the nauseous feeling that I'm about to vomit, and then I've been able to overpower it. I've been able to you know stand over a toilet yeah. and just uh deep breathe and calm myself down and get myself to a point where i do not vomit like that i've been able to do that not many times but there have been times when i literally have done the whole dry heaving and everything and like i get myself calm and the, you know the the sweat like my body's sweating and i look terrible but i mm-hmm. overcame it and i did not throw up i've done it a few times i try to do that with the gatorade thing and i realized very quickly no like, way oh i was like oh it's not taking no for an answer. So I grabbed my trash can. This is the closest thing to me because I'm back in my bedroom now. Yes. I grabbed the Gatorade out the fridge. I chugged it. What the fridge door open. I went upstairs to my bedroom. Mind you, it's like fucking 2 or 3 a.m. when this happened. This is the first moment. And so I like grabbed the Gatorade. I chugged it. And this I is like the it. 12th, right? 11th or 12th? This is like, well, yeah, these are the later days before I go to the emergency room the second time. So again, these are like the 12th, 13th, like those days. Um, because vomiting didn't come until very late, which I told my doctors, I was like, at first, when you guys asked me if that was a symptom, like when I first came to the emergency room, I was like, no, I have not, I have no vomiting, I have no chills, uh, and I'm not nauseous. Like I'm, I was like, I don't have an appetite, but I don't also don't feel nauseous. That started to come. So when I get upstairs to my room, I'm like, oh God, this is fucking happening. Grab my trash can, and then I vomit, and it's cold, which I, I don't know if I've ever had that happened before but the feeling of it was very weird like i guess vomiting something that you just drank that was pretty damn like cold like i like mm-hmm. i like all my i like my drinks really cold i like my water uh pretty i like ice water i like every, I like my shit freezing cold like to the point where it shocks my body a bit like i know people are like, <laughs> people don't usually like that type of thing they say oh you shouldn't drink cold water or shock your body you shock your system and all that stuff but i can't do room temperature drinks i just i do not like room temperature drinks at all that shit is not for me that's not my journey so uh when i vomited it was really cold and it was completely orange the color of the gatorade Mm -hmm. so i was like wow that was what i just drank that there's nothing else in it i haven't been eating and then i kind of laid back for a second and then the feeling came over me again. I was like, oh, God. So then I got back up, and then I vomited again immediately, and it was all cold again. So I looked in a trash can. There was nothing There was nothing in it any, like crazy. There was no blood. Um, there was no other liquid, really, that I could see. It was just orange. Yeah, thank God you didn't have a red Gatorade. You'd be like, I don't know what it is. Right. <laughs> yeah, good call, I guess, for ordering when I order GoPuff, because I did have options. I had options on yellow. I had blue, red. Like I could have chosen any Gatorade, I think. And I just chose orange because I was like, you know, that's one of the ones that I actually liked. Um, but yeah, thank God it wasn't red because that that could have made me like, you know, I don't know what I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, that could have been fucked up. Yeah, it could have been like, oh, God. So, yeah, uh, but it was cold. It gave me a really cold feeling in my chest. Very awkward feeling. I'm not going to lie, though. It kind of felt good. Like it, the vomiting part, vomiting usually feels awful to me. It usually feels 
especially especially those moments where like you are doing that dry heaving part in between. Yeah. Oh my god, and it hurts like it, it, yes. it's like the most painful hiccup of all time. Yeah, it's like because you're convulsing, your body is literally convulsing. You can't control it, so you're kind of doing that like you're trying to stop it, but your body just keeps convulsing. You keep gagging and gagging and gagging, and you're trying to catch your breath too because. I don't yep. know. What, I don't know about you, but when I'm vomiting, I'm always I'm always fearful of dying from not getting enough air. Yeah, you do, dude. All kinds of shit goes through your head. Like, yeah, it's bad. It's just a bad experience. It's really bad. So uh, when I vomited, it was quick. Like the first and second time, they were both instant. They were both just like uh, release, and it would. They were both one shots. There was none of that. Like after I did it, there was no dry heaving there was no none of that convulsing thing happening uh which was good so again i told i told the gi doctor i was like yeah uh i haven't had anything i haven't had literally anything so he's like that's good we're gonna give you this prep so now they they finally come they they said do you want a wheelchair or do you want us to take your entire bed to the room that you're going to be in for the next couple days i said uh i will just take I'll I'll go into bed. Like I won't, you know, it's fine. So they move me and now I'm into a room. The room Damn, you is, think about it, Frazier. That day you were the somebody saw you and thought of you like you thought of the old lady. They were like, yes. he's fucked up. Yes, because I looked bad. Like I just looked fucking bad. I mean, there's an IV fucking head like, on my arm. Like, he's in the bed and everything. Yeah, like. I, I got some, like, you know, sunken cheeks and just like Everything like my face, like everything, like really, just you could tell I, I look sick, especially once they have you in that hospital gown. Yeah, yeah. I, like I look sickly, and uh, so when they finally get me to my room. The room is really nice. I the so when I was a kid, I used to go to a Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania all the time, mm-hmm. and I just remember the rooms like they were whatever, um, not really anything crazy, but. Adult hospitals. This is the first time I've ever been to an adult hospital, and also stayed overnight. So when I when I get to this room, I'm looking around like, wow, this is really nice. Like I have my own bathroom, of course. I have like a sink outside of the bathroom, a sink in the bathroom. I have a shower, just like all, a TV. Um, you know, just so you know, the little they have this like remote thing that can do all types of shit. It can yeah, temperature the room and control all the lights the TV, and it can obviously summon a human to get you anything you need. So, like, you press that button, somebody will be with you within five seconds. And I was like, what? Okay. <laughs> you were so, like, yo, y'all got GoPuff on this remote? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so, they get me into the room, and I get my first nurse. Uh, she comes in, and she brings with her it looks like the same exact thing that transmission oil God is damn. carried in. It is that same exact kind of container. You've seen yep. those kind of containers before. It looks yep, exact. Yep. It looks exactly like that, except it's clear. You can see straight through it. You can see what's in it. It is a clear liquid. Now I've already had the fucking CT scan prep liquid, and that shit was the worst. Like so much so that I had to psych myself up to get through it. Uh, she puts it on my eating tray next to my bed. She's like, hey, now it's, it is 7 p.m., okay? I got to the hospital. I got to the emergency room uh, before 10 a.m. 
So this is how long this whole day has been. It is now, yep, it yep. is officially, like I'm in my room now, I'm settled in. I've I've accepted, like, this is where I'm going to be. I put my footies on. They gave me those little socks that have their abrasions on the top and bottom, which I actually love. I remember them as a kid. Um, they're great. So I got I got my footies on. I'm in my bed. Uh, I got my phone. Got my phone charger. I plug it in. Like I'm I'm laying back. They've they've brought me ginger ale and cranberry juice and cups of ice. You know that whole thing. So when she comes in with this fucking, this has to be at least a gallon of liquid. It's it looks crazy. She oh, sits it on. She sits it on my eating tray. It's seven. So I look at the clock. She sits it on the eating tray and she's like, "Hey, uh, the doctor just gave me told me that you have to take this prep for your colonoscopy tomorrow." I was like, "Okay, how much do I have to drink?" She's like, "Oh, all of it." <laughs> and you have to do it before midnight or by midnight, I should say, because you can't have anything solid or liquid once midnight comes. So I was like okay she's like here's a couple cups of ice let me know if you need anything so i lean up in my bed and i'm looking at this fucking container i don't even open it i don't even because i already know like i can feel it i was like that is going to taste disgusting i started to wonder i was like is it the same fucking thing like, oh, is it the no. same thing as the CT shit? Oh, no. Here's a gallon was, of it. Because I was like, oh, my God, there's so much of it. Like, Kenny, it, it, it was so much of it. Yeah. And when she said I had to drink all of it, I was like, like, I, I almost wanted to cry. I was like, there's no, there's no fucking way. Like, there's no <laughs> way. I'm looking at it, I'm like, that is crazy. Especially after this is all the same day we're already down that other nasty ass liquid. Yeah, yeah. So. If it, if it, if it at least could not taste like garbage, like. Yes. So here's the part that pissed me off. So when I get the the transmission oil fucking container thing, uh, I had already had two ginger, two cans of ginger ale with ice, and it was that shit was hitting <laughs> like it was busting. I I don't drink soda. I actually don't drink. I don't drink soda or juice. To be clear, um, in my normal life, you know, without being sick, I actually just drink water. And then when I'm socializing, I'll have an alcoholic beverage, but I do not on a regular day just decide to have a Pepsi or a fucking cranberry juice or anything. I do not drink soda or juice at all. I just, one of those things that I just do not drink. I am a strictly water person and sometimes I will have tea, uh, but that's it. And since I've been like doing Invisalign and get my teeth whitened and stuff like that, I don't even drink tea anymore. Uh, just because you know it stains them and all that, so like that's you know part of the thing that most people notice about me is that my teeth are extremely white now. They're like, you know, so I don't even drink tea anymore. So I'm down to just water. So when I get to the room and it's like dark outside, and I have this beautiful view of the city, by the way. Like the room is the room is amazing. It like to my right when I look to my right, there's like a nice little couch. Then there's a, like a uh, another another uh, plush chair, I guess for visitors. And there's like a little table in between, and there's this gigantic window. Mm, that you set up like Ilnam from Squid Game. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is beautiful. It actually kind of yes, except the room that he was in was a little bit like darker, maybe because it was nighttime. But my mm-hmm. room had like a very the the walls and everything. Everything's painted like very bright. Um, and then it had like wood finishes for like the bathroom door was wood, 
and other parts of it were like had wood finishes. But it was a very nice looking room and the view was amazing. So I didn't start even oh so I said I was talking about what what pissed me off. Mm-hmm. So what I first, they were like, do you need anything? So I was like, can I have ginger ale? Like, can I have two ginger ales and ice or whatever? I I down those ginger ales and dog, they taste so fucking good. Like I know I said they were buzzing. They it they burn so good. Like yeah. so, so good. The taste of that ginger ale, I was like, oh my God. Like I haven't had something like this in so long. And it just went down so good. And I was I was in ecstasy. Like that was the best part of my day. Like drinking those ginger ale is the best part of my day. Uh, I was kind of annoyed because then after I down these ginger ale, she comes in like five minutes later and is like, you have to down this whole thing. Now, to me, it would have been smarter. And I guess she didn't know. It's not really her fault. It's really no one's fault. Like in hindsight, when I think about it, I was mad in the moment. I'm not going to lie. And in, in hindsight, like this nurse had no idea that I'm going to be doing colonoscopy prep tonight. Yeah, yeah. She just did not know that. And so... <laughs> but for was, you, you were like, I just drank two fucking ginger and arrows, and now you want me to drink a gallon of this shit? Yes. So my complaint was basically, I didn't complain to anyone at first, but I was like, my whole thing is, I literally just down two cans of ginger ale and my stomach is full of liquid. Like I can feel it. Like I don't want any more liquid. I am hydrated. I am good. You guys have had me on this IV. You guys have been fucking injecting me with all these liquids all day. Like I am, I am a hydrated man. My mouth is no longer dry. Like everything. Like I'm good when it comes to liquids. So you're telling me now it's seven o'clock and I have five hours to midnight to down this whole thing. And I'm just like, there's no fucking way. So I don't touch it. I don't even touch the thing. And seven when 730 comes around, I'm like, okay, let me finally try. Time has passed. I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm like, let me finally try. So I pour my first cup of it. I smell it, sniff it. Doesn't really have like a obviously it doesn't have a good scent. <laughs> uh, but it doesn't have like any kind of scent that would be super off-putting. It just kind of, I don't know. It's just it's a weird scent. So I take my first like sip of it, like I get a good amount in. And I swallow it. And then it hits me. Oh, no. It tastes fucking disgusting. God damn it. But it is not the same drink as the CT drink. Yeah, yeah. It's How just, amazing would it have been if you were like, I drank it. And it took a moment. And it tasted just like fried chicken. It was amazing. <laughs> I would have been so happy. Like, so honestly, when she first brought it in, I was like, I hope that shit tastes like water. I was yeah, like, yeah. If, if it I was can, like water, it would have been perfect. Yes. If it was like water... It would have been amazing. Like I, I wanted it to taste like water. That was what I was hoping in my head because it looks like water. It actually looks like water. It That's the worst, same... man. It's deceitful. It's so deceitful. Looking at it, I was like, okay. So that first uh, swallow of it, you know, it takes a second before the taste actually hits you. It's I don't know why they do this shit. The fucking aftertaste programming on these drinks is just ignorant. <laughs> um, but when it when it when you finally like realize like oh. God, it's fucking disgusting. So I'm thinking, I look at the damn container and I grab it. And mind you, it takes a lot. Like it took a lot of strength for me to lift it. And I and I'm staring at it now. I'm holding I'm holding it with my arm and I'm staring at it. I'm like, yo, there's no way. So now I'm sitting in bed. I'm on my phone. I'm like scrolling Instagram, scrolling Facebook. And I'm drinking. I'm like sipping this fucking thing, and every time, I, every time I have a sip of it, I wince. 
like a full on like like just that every single time and you have to uh, it's like uh, you have to and i have to do it so let's just speed up it gets to like 10 p.m the nurse that i originally had left and a new guy has come in he's like hey i'm gonna be your nurse for tonight i'm gonna be here all night um the other nurse left you know that was in her shift i was like okay cool He's like, I understand you have some prep to do, whatever. I was like, yes, I have been drinking it as much as I can. Now, mind you, it's 10 p.m., and I'll be honest. I have not really put a dent in this thing at all. Yeah. Like, it is still pretty damn. It's full. Like, it is It is about 80% full. Uh-huh. So he was like, yeah. uh, I was told by the doctor that you need to try to drink all of this. And I was like, I understand that. I said, <laughs> but... Honestly, there's no way. And I'm telling, I'm telling you straight up. I said, I honestly do not think. I said, now it's two hours until midnight. I said, you guys told me I can't have anything after midnight. And I was given this at 7 p.m. I said, so that gave me five hours to drink a pretty much a gallon of some fucking strange liquid that it tastes awful. He was like, yep, I know. It tastes really bad. I was like, okay. It tastes awful. And I do not think in good conscience, like, just that I'm going to get through this in two hours. Like it's, I have 80% of it left and you're telling like in two hours, it's not going to be gone. So he said, well, just see what you can do, you know, and in the next two hours, like, and then I'll talk to the doctor and I'll see what he's going to do. He was like, but the reality is if you don't drink it, they won't be able to do the colonoscopy. And I was like, okay. He was like, so, you know, I really do want you to drink it. And I was like, I understand. I come, I was like, I completely, I was like, I want to drink it myself. Like I do want to, but I was like, I'm telling you how my body feels right now. I am so full of liquid already. And I'm not going to the bathroom. Like, like I was thinking that I would be going to the bathroom rapidly to release this liquid, but that wasn't happening either. Like I wasn't really going to the bathroom. Like, Oh, I got to piss. I got to piss. Like that wasn't happening. Um, it was that, you know how you ever drink, uh, maybe a little too much water and you can kind of shake your stomach and hear it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can, you know hear, you can hear it like jiggling around. You can yeah, you hear can the water jiggling in you. You can literally hear it. Yeah, uh, I was that 100%. kind of. I was that kind of full on liquid. So, I was like, uh, in my head, like, there's no way. But I say, I'm a good, I'm a good sport. I'm gonna try. I got two hours. I said, let me, let me like get off my phone because part. I'm not gonna lie. I was like watching shows. I was on like Netflix and Disney Plus stuff like that. Like I was watching things, and. I feel like that part of that was like making me not even think about the fucking liquid. Like I was keeping my mind away from it. Honestly, I didn't want to think about it. So now it's 10 p.m. It's crunch time. And I pour another cup of it. I'm like, you can, I was like, okay, I, this new guy, because the other cups of ice had melted. I was like, you give me some ice. You give me like two cups of ice. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I can do. He's like, okay, cool. That's what I want to hear. So he goes, he gets me ice. Pour another cup of it. And I drink it slowly. Um, I did not down it at all. It took me to get through one cup. Now, mind you, these are white styrofoam cups. So just to be clear, Mm -hmm. these are white styrofoam cups I'm drinking out of. Uh, It took me half hour, 35 minutes to drink this cup. And I look at the container again. I'm like, oh, my God. I shake my head. I'm like, this is not going to happen. So I pour another cup. And I do the same thing. And I pour another cup and I do the same thing. And now it's like 
1130. He comes in. He's like, I need to take your vitals. I was like, okay, cool. He's like, how are you making out on the prep? I was like, honestly, not very good. I was like, it, there's still 70% of it left. Damn. He's like, okay. Um, you know, just see what you can. He looks at the clock. He's like, just see what you can get down in the next half hour. And like I told you, I'll talk to the doctor. I'll see what's going to happen. And I said, okay. So I drank more of it. I'll probably get it down to around 60%. Um, to be like completely honest, like I, I think I get the container down to sixty percent by midnight. So he comes in. He's like, "All right." Um, he looks at it. He's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'll let him know. Like, this is how far you got, and we'll see what happens." So I go to sleep because it's now midnight, and I'm also fucking tired. I'm exhausted. It's been a long day. Okay, and. I'll wake up at 3 a.m. from him. He comes in. He's like, uh, we need to do your blood work. So I was like, it is 3 a.m. on a dot. Like, I wake up, and the clock is directly in front of my bed and, and directly above. So I look at the clock, and I'm like, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck? Like, the lights come on and everything. He comes in with this fucking packet, and he, and he has this, this needle. And never mind you, I've already gotten blood work done in the emergency room. This this is all the you know the same day like they yeah. one of the things they did when I was in the emergency room was they took my blood and it it was a needle then it was unpleasant mm-hmm. so when he comes in at three a.m. to fucking draw my blood I actually say to him I said uh there's an I lift my arm my left arm up I'm like hey there's an IV in my arm <laughs> now I'm ignorant I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit I uh I lift my left arm up and I say there's an IV in my arm and he says oh uh that's not how that works I was like oh he's like that is used now to send things into you we we do not draw from that at, like that's not that's not how that works I was like oh okay so I immediately just the sunken place like just the sunken place like I'm fucking <laughs> I'm now fully in the sunken place. I'm annoyed. I'm fucking now I'm getting that anxiety from the needle thing. Like he's getting all ready. He's fucking opening up all the plastic packages, which I hate. He's getting all these vials on my bed next to my legs. He's fucking sterilizing the needle. He, uh, he gets the, he gets the, the tourniquet or whatever wraps it around mm-hmm. my arm real tight. He starts to fucking look at my arm. He's looking for a vein. Then he starts to, he grabs alcohol pads and he's like moving real fast. And I'm like, I'm like, hold on one second. <laughs> I was like, let me grab my phone. So I grabbed my phone, I opened up Instagram, mind you. It is 3 a.m. Okay. And I was woken up out of my sleep. So I'm not, this is not a pleasant experience that I'm having right now. And so I'm looking, I'm, so I'm like, okay, continue. So he's like, all right, uh, you know, make a fist. He's like, he's like feeling on my arm. He like alcohols it down. And I'm scrolling Instagram and looking away because this is what I do for needles all the time. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't care what you call me. I, I really don't. You can call me. Oh, I man, do not like fair. needles. I don't. I fucking don't. And I, and I can't look directly at it happening. I just don't. It actually helps me out a lot to not see it because, and I, and I tell them, do not count down. Do not fucking do that. Because some of them think it's okay to be like three, two, one. No. Do not do uh, that. Just let me look at my phone and you work. Yeah. Let me scroll. Let, my, let me try to like have my brain distract itself. Let me try to see something on Instagram that's crazy. 
And let me stare at that and be like, oh shit, like fucking what's the somebody shot somebody on a movie set and killed them. Like that just happened. Oh yeah, when Alec Baldwin's movie Alec set. Baldwin just killed. That. So I'm scrolling and I see that and I'm like, okay, that's wild. And he stabs me. And I feel it and I do a slight wince, but it's not that bad. And I'm like, okay, that wasn't that bad. And then he's like, there we go, all done. So he's like, all right, well, and he starts to vile, move it, vile, move it, vile, move it. He's like connecting all these vials because when they stab you, they don't like take it. They have like this uh, wire thing that's coming out of you and it has your blood coming down and they keep connecting all of these vial, these little vial tube things to it and then it fills up with blood and then they take it out they untwist it and then they put a new one in he had eight of them he even said to himself he even said out loud he said this is a lot of blood that they're requesting for you and i was like how long have you been working here he's like for years i was like so you're not used to seeing eight vials because i was like i just counted seven and you're about to do the eight he was like i've not seen this much he was like this is a lot <laughs> oh my god so i'm thinking to myself like what the fuck like, I, I was like i was really dying yeah. Like real, like no bullshit, dying. Um, so he takes all his blood, you know, he pulls the thing out, he puts the little, you know, uh, galls on it, bandages me up. He's like, all right, you can rest well. Uh, <laughs> you have more <laughs> blood work in the morning. <laughs> and Motherfucker. I just said to myself, and then I said it out loud. I said, what are y'all going to do with that blood? <laughs> he was like, this goes to the lab. I said, can't the lab use that blood that you just took? Like, does, like, my, I was like does my, my, is my blood changing every day or something? Like, what? why do you have to keep taking blood like that? Because at this point, I've been poked up in the emergency room. I've been poked up again. <laughs> within this, this is all within the same 24-hour period, mind you. Yeah, it's still day one. This is still day one. Like it's it's within 24 hours. So I'm thinking to myself, why are y'all stabbing me so much? Like, why do y'all need and why do you need so much? Even you are surprised they need this. And you're telling me in the morning, mind you, it's 3 a.m. So it's already in the morning, technically. He's like, but again, someone's gonna come for your blood again. Somebody's gonna come for your fucking blood again. <laughs> Somebody coming for your fucking blood again. Damn. So I was like, I was like oh my god. Uh, oh my god uh, so, I, so, I, so I said you know what best to not even focus on it I know how this works I'm going to go to sleep I'm going to wake up and then there's going to be somebody who's like I need to take your blood so I go to sleep I wake up and there's a fucking woman in my room now she's like I'm your new nurse and I need to take your blood I was like god damn I can't keep waking up like this like I can't like, I can't keep waking up like this so I look at the clock and I think it was like 8 or 9 a.m. something like that I'm like, holy shit, it hasn't even been that long. Like, I thought when they said morning, it would be like at least 11 a.m. Like, you know, a good amount of time after you have already drawn my blood at three. And so he comes and he takes blood. She comes now. She's like, I'm your nurse. You know, everyone went home. It's the morning. It's now it's bright outside, beautiful morning. And I'm able to really see like the beautiful view. And the woman even remarks. She stares out the window for a while. She's like, this view is so beautiful. And I was like, yeah, I thought so too, but I thought that you guys would have just, this is like, you know, you just see it all the time. She was like, no, this is like, she's like, this is the room. I was like, oh, this is okay. the room. Let's go. Yeah. So, so she's like, saying, she's like, honestly, I wish I could just stay here all day. <laughs> they put my man in the death room. They were like, we're going to give you the good view. This is where people yep. die. <laughs> That's fucked up. 
Now, now you know if you go to the hospital and you get the room, they're setting you up. It might be the end. Yes. <laughs> so she's like staring out, and I'm thinking about this fucking needle I'm about to get because she got the same exact packet that this man had last night, and it's near my legs again. And I'm staring mm. at it, and it has less vials in it. I noticed, like it's not there the same. Go. It's not eight. Whew. Um. So she she's like getting all ready, and then she's like, "Oh crap! I forgot to grab a tourniquet." So she leaves the room. She comes back with the fucking thing. And then she like wraps my arm up and all that shit. We do the same thing again. I'm like, do not count down. I grab my phone. I start scrolling. Stab. And that one actually hurt. I remember thinking to myself like, ah. like yeah. that one, it fucking hurt. And it's, you know, par- it's probably because also they're, they're, sta- they're, all of this is happening on my right arm. They did not draw. Yeah, yeah. Once, once the IV was in my left arm, they never used my left arm for anything for the rest of my hospital stay. Yeah, so your right arm was getting stabbed up yes. multiple so times. So specifically, so it's already the, bruised. The area, yes, the area in between your elbow, um, or I guess like the area opposite of your elbow, is just constantly being stabbed, and they're pretty much stabbing around the same area because that's I'm looking at it right now, like that is where the most visible vein is, like that is the mm-hmm. area. So they're stabbing around that spot constantly. I mean, they're just poking it, and this one fucking hurt. And I was like, okay. I was like, y'all got. And I said it to her. She's a, she's a, she's a bigger woman. She was very jovial. I liked her energy. Like I said, I pretty much didn't have any unpleasant experiences with the, the staff. Um. So we started to talk and joke. I was like, you guys keep coming for my blood. I was like, it's kind of <laughs> wild. I was like, can you see on that computer? Like, if I'm gonna have blood work again, she was like, no, but I'm sure you will if you are here another night. I said, I'm 100% going to be here for another night because I'm getting a colonoscopy today. And uh, that's just, this is all just to diagnose me. Like, this is not even, I've not been treated for anything. Let's yeah. be clear. I have not been given any medicine. My condition has not improved at all. I am still going to the bathroom. I am still, like, feeling terrible, right? Like, you know, they the, the thing is, I feel slightly better than when I first came because they've given me nutrients that my body needed to get me yep. to not i'm not fatigued anymore so that is good i don't have chills anymore and they also gave me nausea medicine through my iv which worked a little too fast if you ask me uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they're like okay the big thing for you today is the colonoscopy did you finish the prep and i was like no oh. i didn't i was like and i and, and the the fucking container is still on my uh food tray he's still there so I said, no, I didn't actually. I was like, I finished it. I got it about 60%. I got, I got, there's 60% of it left. I was like, it's right there though. So they look at it. She's like, okay. Um, I believe that the doctor is going to have to make a decision on what to do. But she was like, is your stool clear? Like, is it clear at all or anything like that? I was like, honestly, no. Like, honestly, no. Like I drank 40% of that shit and I Googled what it was. And it's, you know, I Google like, because on the, on the fucking transmission oil container thing, it said exactly what it was, all medical and everything. So I Googled it and it said, obviously this is used for prep for, for colonoscopy. And also said that it's a laxative. Now for a laxative that I drank, uh, I, I drank a good amount of it. You know, I didn't, I didn't get to halfway point and everything like that, but I drank a good amount of it for a laxative. I couldn't tell. I'm be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My stomach had to be like, Oh, we already got that under control. Like, we're already doing that part. So that shit didn't do anything to me. I didn't feel at any more of a dire need to go to the bathroom than I did 
before I drink my first sip of that, like at all, like throughout the night, yeah. nothing. And no point that I feel like, oh God, like this feels like I have to go to the bathroom really bad. Like I, you know, so I was like, huh, for it to be a laxative, it's not very strong, I guess. But man, I, but also I was like, well, maybe I didn't drink enough of it. So, um, so eventually the nurse comes in she's like, okay, uh, so you're saying your stool's not really clear. I was like, honestly, it's not. I don't, cause I want to lie to him. I'm like, I'm not gonna fucking lie. Just get the yeah, there's no the yeah. There's no there's benefit. no reason to lie. Like we're playing with your life. Yes, I was. So I was very truthful and forthcoming with him. I was like, I drank like you know whatever I could, and it doesn't seem like it's working the way it's supposed to. I'm guessing this sounds like an oxymoron to me. Clear stool sounds like an oxymoron. I don't even know what they meant when they said it. And the more yeah, I thought yeah. about it, the more frustrated I got because I was like. What the fuck was that supposed to do to make, like, what is what is clear stool, Kenny? Like, what what would what would that even look like to you? I would, because like, guess it would just be like a real smooth poop with nothing in it, like no corn in it or anything. Like, I don't know. Like, because like when they kept saying clear stool, I wish they would have been more descriptive. Because in my head, I'm I'm thinking to myself, no, like there's nothing. It looks. I was like, it kind of looks the same that it has looked for the last fourteen days, fifteen now. It's now day yeah. fifteen. I was like, it, Pretty much looks the same to me. Um, still blood in it and everything. Uh, you know, trigger warning. Maybe that's sorry. what they meant. Like, is it clear of blood? I don't know. Yeah, I was like, I was like, no, it still looks. It looks the same to me. So, so I was like, I'm not. You know, I was like, I'm not an expert or anything like that. But I was like, when I look in the toilet after I'm done, it looks fairly the same. So the nurse, she goes talks to the GI doctor, the same guy I met in the emergency room. <clears throat> um. She says, okay, so you drank about 40% of it. He said, that is fine. We're still going to do it. So I said, oh, okay. He's willing to get his hands dirty. So I was like, all right, well. Uh, she says, so that's going to happen at some point today. And I said, I hope it happens soon. Mind you, this is it's still the morning. I said, I hope it happens soon because I am extremely thirsty. Hmm. Like my mouth was so dry. Like, I mean, you know how it is when you first wake yeah, up yeah, yeah. in the morning. You're pretty thirsty. So I was really thirsty because I also not only was I like normally thirsty, but, it, you know, since 12 o'clock, I hadn't had anything. And the last liquid I drank was that nasty fucking liquid, um, yeah. which I don't really think that's meant to hydrate you because it's a fucking laxative. So, again, very dry, very thirsty. And for the next several hours, nothing happens. Mm. It gets to like 1.45 p.m. And I'm super annoyed because I'm just yeah, sitting you're here. hungry. Maybe not hungry. But, I'm not hungry. Yeah, but thirsty. Like your mouth is dry. You're just aggravated. You're I sick. really want to drink. Like, dog, you don't understand at this point how bad I want it. And I'm one of those ginger ales with the ice. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. little cube ice that they have in hospital is godsend. That shit is, that, that is the best ice in the world. That fucking... When I buy my house, my refrigerator, <laughs> let's go. My refrigerator will have those exact same cubes of ice. I'm going to tell them I need hospital grade ice cubes. That's what I want. <laughs> um, I wanted I wanted one of those ginger ale so fucking bad. It's all literally it's all I thought about all morning and then the afternoon. So around two o'clock, somebody finally comes and says, "Hey, they're about to take you down." to the, the operating room, the area where you'll have your procedure. I was like, okay. Now I don't I don't fully know what a colonoscopy is, but I, you know, I have an idea that name colon's in it. 
Yeah. So I'm like, I've never, obviously I've never had anything like that. Usually people don't need to have it except like later on in life. Um, you know, they recommend it like around 40, I think for men, we're supposed to have one. So I'm not really happy about this cause I'm not 40. <laughs> and, uh, so I'm about to have this procedure and I'm like, God damn it. Like, this is so bad. And so I'm in the hospital. They're like, so the lady tells her, she says, you need to take off everything and no cell phone. Cause I've been, I've been clinging to my cell phone this entire time I've been in the hospital. I had it when they wheelchair me to the uh, CT scan room. I had my cell phone yep. everywhere. They've taken me, everything they've done with me. I've had my cell phone in my hand because it's been like my crutch. Like it's just been a thing that I can look at no matter what they're saying, no matter what they're doing. I can kind of just like briefly look at my phone for just some kind of a security blanket. Yeah. Yeah, Just a security blanket. So she tells me you have to strip down to literally nothing. You cannot have on any clothing. And the only thing you can have is the hospital gown. And and the hospital gown, as you know, like people, you know, if you people have ever seen one, they completely cover you in the front, but they're completely open in the back. And then they kind of tie. But even when they're tied, like you can see your ass is out. Your ass is out. It's honestly, they're fucking degrading to me. I, I don't understand why hospital gowns are made the way they are. I don't like wearing them, but to give some context, uh, the entire time I've been in a hospital, I had a hospital gown on pretty much the whole time, but I was wearing sweatpants. Like I, I brought some really comfortable sweatpants with me and I had underwear and I had socks and I put the footies on or whatever that they gave me. So even though I had the hospital gown on, and I had no shirt on underneath, so like I bare chested under the hospital gown, and my back is out. But like I have on sweatpants, so I'm very yeah. comfortable. I don't feel embarrassed. I don't feel weird or anything like that when I'm moving around or anything like that. I feel fine. Like it's like okay, people can see my back, whatever. Um, but when she tells me that, I got this like sinking feeling. I was like, oh my god, like something was up. I'm gonna be moved around the hospital like pretty much naked and i was just not yep i was just not here for that like i the thought of it was just again like it it had this degrading feeling to it so i i did what i had to do i stripped down and then i sat on the bed and i got i pulled the the gown like kind of pinched it and like sat back against the bed like i sat back against the bed so it kind of like closed itself so when when the nurse finally came back in my room, she said, are you ready? I said, hey, can you um, tie my gown up pretty tight in the back? She's like, yeah, no problem. So she was like, don't worry. No one is going to see you or anything like that. Like, You don't have that to worry about. I was like, okay, that's reassuring. She's like, yeah, so don't worry about that. Like, You're going to be moved in. Was I in a wheelchair or was I in a bed? I was in a bed. She's like, you're going to be moved in a bed. So you'll be lying down on your back. And... You're going that when you get to that, like the operating room and stuff, you're still going to be on that same bed. And when you get your colonoscopy, you're going to be on that same bed. So at no point am I ever going to be in a position where somebody could see. Like, you just walk around with your ass out. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so they, they move me. A guy comes. He moves me to the room. I'm looking around and there's all these people in there. These all these different births like these. Like fucking hangers basically like they're all numbered one two three four and there's people in them and then and some of them are closed like the curtain wrapped around completely and you can't see in them and then some of them are open where you can see the people and i'm looking at all the people it's usually a lot of old people to be honest looking at all the people and i'm like wow like i'm amongst these people like i'm i'm pretty fucked up so uh they moved me to my birth and 
I'm there for a while. An anesthesiologist comes to see me. Now, this part I did not know. An anesthesiologist comes to see me. She's like, hey, do you know anything about this? I was like, not really. She's like, you're going to be put under for this. Have you ever been put under before? I was like, I said, okay, first, I had no idea I was going to be put to sleep for this. I was like, but I have been one time to get my wisdom teeth taken out in 2020 before I got Invisalign. So I was like, I haven't put to sleep. And it wasn't, I had no issue with it. Like nothing went wrong. I survived it. I was fine. She's like, okay, that's good. We need you to sign these waivers. Mm. And, and I was like, okay. So she gives me this fucking thing. And it has all this shit about the things that could happen to you when you get anesthesia. And, uh, you, well, you know, you get the general anesthetic and yeah. it can kill you. It can also, if it doesn't kill, it, it can also do some crazy things to you. There's a lot. That, yeah. There's things that can go bad. It's such a, it's such a scary fucked up position to be in when you're in the hospital and something's threatening your life or whatever. And then it's like, this is what we got to do to make you better. You got to sign these waivers because this could also kill you. So yeah, it's like, yes, it's such a fucked up position to be in. And the anesthesiologist was a very old, she was, she's a very old woman. Um, she said to me, she said, the risks are low, but they are not zero. I remember that exact, like, word for word. That's how she said it. She said it very straightforward. She's like, so you need to, like, look at this, sign it, whatever, initial it, date it, everything. I said, okay. She's like, also, in the event that something does happen, you want me to contact the person you have listed here, which is your mother? And I was like, yes, obviously, yes. And so, I'm, so obviously, that gives you, like, a slight anxiety, right? Because sure. I'm like, even when I got my wisdom tooth taken out, like, yes, I had to sign, I had to sign paperwork for it too, for the anesthetic. Like it wasn't, I'm not saying that at my dental office, they just fucking gave it to me. It was like, oh, you go, you're going to sleep. Same exact thing. But something about this time just felt a little scary because I was like, I was told yesterday in the emergency room that I had a, my heart, my heart beat was off rhythm, which is why they gave mm-hmm. me the potassium. And that was a little scary. Like, and they made it sound scary and it, it had to be fucking scary too, because the way they were rushing around to make sure that I get it, they were like, you're potassium levels are low and other stuff so i'm like okay i'm, I'm sitting there and it is now like 2 30 um eventually they're like we're gonna take you back so they take me into this room and the gi doctor's there my man so he explains the whole thing that's going to happen he says they're going to take tissue from inside my body it will not be painful y'all will not wake up in any pain i will not feel anything when i wake up it'll be fine the thought of them taking tissue though yeah, yeah. Of you, it sounds terrible. Yeah. But, so when he was saying, I was like, I'm imagining like a little pair of scissors that like snip the inside of like I, I my thoughts on it were terrible. <laughs> uh so anyway, so they so they they give me oxygen in my nose and they're like, Okay, we're about to put you under. It's everything's gonna be okay. Fresh, do you feel fine? I was like, Yes. She's like uh, can you say your name first, last, and date of birth? I say yes, I do it. She's like, You aware where you are right now? I was like, Yes. It's like all this other stuff. And then she said, All right, have a good rest. And when she said that, I said, Okay, I'm gonna count from 20. <laughs> I went 20, 19, <laughs> 18, darkness. Darkness. And then I woke up. That's uh, so fucking. It's so wild how it works. I, oh, I went under cool. once. Yeah. Oh, you did go under before? Yeah, yeah. I went under for wisdom teeth uh, as well. Okay. When I was like eighteen, I, I want to yeah. say it's wild. The fact that there is a chemical that can put humans out in seconds, it puts you out. You're in, gone. Like you are gone, but you. Here's what scares me: you are gone, but you also can't feel 
anything that happens to your body and yeah. nothing will wake you up. So like a loud noise or like, I don't know, shaking you, like nothing wakes you nah, up. You're you gone, only gone. wake when they are ready for you to wake and you feel absolutely nothing. I find that to be wild because you yep. know that is used in a medicinal setting. There is other shit out there that they can do to humans. And this is not even just being conspiracy theorists or anything, but like, just think about it. Like we use general anesthetic for medical procedures. There has to be other chemicals that can immobilize humans very quickly that are used for other things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. that's what my mind thinks about when I, when I think about that shit, I, obviously this is also intravenous. So it's injected into your bloodstream. So that, you know, that speeds up things quite a bit, but it's, still, it's so wild, but I still think it's wild. that something just puts you to sleep. I counted from 20. I got to 18. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then the next, and then you're just awake and you're like, what the, where am I? Yep. I was awake. And I, when I awakened, I felt absolutely fine. Like, that's like crazy. I, I felt absolutely fine. So you didn't feel like, loopy? Not the, when I got my wisdom team taken out, I felt high as fuck. But yeah. When I got my wisdom, when I got my wisdom teeth taken out, I even have pictures that are very embarrassing of me right after they sat me down and woke me up. Um, and I look like I'm high off of some hard drugs. I look really bad, Kenny. Like hundred percent, hundred percent same. Yeah. When I was uh, when I got my wisdom, I was I was high for the rest of the day, like for the whole rest of the oh, day wow. into the night. Yeah, but because yeah. I was I was eighteen when I did it, I don't know if they've maybe improved the formula as years go on, and maybe <laughs> it works like you yeah. fucked up for a less amount of time. But when I woke up, like middle of the day, I was high throughout the entire night. Like I was loopy and fucked up, and like parts of that day just completely blank out. Like there's parts of that day where I go home, and then like that day disappears until four hours later. Like I was high as fuck. Wow. Yeah, when I woke up. Uh, there was a a doctor at the foot of my bed, but she was on a sliding computer, and uh, she was sitting in a uh, like a chair that also was mobile. So I woke up and like I, I started to like like sit up a bit. She's like, "Hey, you're awake." I was like, "Yes," and I looked around. I was like, just like blinking and stuff. And she was like, "How do you feel?" I was like, "I feel fine." She's like, "Do you need me to get you anything?" I was like. Can you give me a ginger ale and some ice, please? <laughs> yes. And uh, she's like, yeah, no problem. So she walks away. She comes back with it pretty quick. And I'm like, where the fuck in this room? Because this, <laughs> this room is very dark. And <laughs> <laughs> So she walks away. And she comes back with this shit so quick. And, I, and like, she had, she had done what I didn't need her to do, but she poured the ginger ale into the cup of ice and everything for me, and it was, you know, very nice of her. Um, so she comes back with, it and I'm looking around the room, and I'm like, where the fuck did she go? And how did she? Come <laughs> she was gone for, let's say, twenty seconds. Yeah. She walked out of my sight for twenty seconds because the way they had <laughs> it set up, I couldn't really see around too much, but I could see enough to where like, and I remember how the room was set up. The room is dark. It's it's very very gloomy room. Not very well lit. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like a hangar. It looks like like an airport hangar, like some something like that. It has that. It has that kind of vibe. Like, that same exact type of vibe. The floor looks like the same as the airport hangar's room. Um, so, and I don't know where she went. 
she did some magic. She came back with exactly what I requested. I was like, these people are fucking insane. They're, they're doing magic. I was like, they're just doing magic. They're doing magic and they're seeing if I notice. And uh, so I started drinking and I'm like, oh my God, that's so fucking good. And so I down it. He's like, do you want another one? I was like, yes, please. <laughs> yes. So she goes and she gets me another one. She's like laughing and everything like that. And I was like, oh, so I'm just holding the cup now. I'm sitting there and I look at the time. Now, mind you, when I first went under, I remember when they started wheeling me into the room with the GI doctor, it was around 2.45. I looked at the clock because there's clocks all over. I looked at the clock and I noticed that it is 5.30. Mm. You were gone, gone. So when I got my wisdom teeth removed, that procedure is like 30 minutes. Like tops. Like you, like wisdom teeth removal is pretty, well, I only got two removed at a time. So the first time I got them done, I was awake and they pulled the two out. The second time I said, I'm going under for this because I don't want to be awake for it again because they had to uh, cut into my gums. So I was out for a half hour the second time. And that, you know, whatever, not much of a time lapse. This time, several hours had passed, mm. like almost three. So I was like, holy fuck, that's wild. And to me, nothing, no time had passed. Yeah. Like, to, to me, nothing had happened. You, so went into like, a, wow. you went into the future. I was in a three hour time skip. And I was like, this, this is wild. So I'm just sitting here holding a cup. And eventually a uh, guy comes over to me. He's like, hey, you want me to get rid of that? I was like, yeah, thank you, please. I was just holding it. And I don't have my phone, remember? So they're like, we're going to get you back up to your room. It takes a while, but eventually some really husky guy comes. And he's like, hey, man, uh, I'm going to move you to your room. He's like, honestly, I got nothing else to do. And the person that they called to move you hasn't come yet. And it's been like, literally, I was waiting for like 40 minutes. I, honestly, yeah. I, was, I was impatient myself. Because I just wanted to be out this fucking dreary-ass room and back to my room and my own privacy everything so i was kind of annoyed and so he he takes me we go in the elevator we're talking he's really fucking cool he's like i actually just started working here nine months ago and uh blah 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 we get he finally gets me to like the edge of my room i'm like he's like your room's really nice so i'm like everyone thinks my room is really nice i was like yeah i can't wait to see the medical bills and we both laugh yeah and he's like uh well he like stops laughing. He's like, well, guess what? They can draw water from a rock. And he's <laughs> like, they will get it when they get it. And I was like, my man. <laughs> and so I stand up. He's like, can you stand? I was like, yeah. So I stand up. I get off the bed. And I walk into my room. And uh, I'm like holding the back of my gown because I'm scared of my ass showing or whatever. So I get in there. I sit down. And my GI doctor comes in. He comes in and he's like, it seems like he's hurried. Like he's, uh, I don't know. He just seems like something about him is rushed. So he comes and sees me. He's like, hey, I have some good news. He's like, you don't have Crohn's disease. He was like, in fact, what we found from the colonoscopy is two types of very deadly bacteria in your gut. And he names them. Two medical terms. I don't really know what they are. Um, they're whatever. So he says, these two bacteria were found in you. He was like, now, I've seen one. I've seen the other. It's rare that you see both. That's fucking, you gotta love it. In Living your fucking life normal. Normal as fuck. And you got two rare bacterias together. Yes. Like He said, what these bacterias do is that they they produce a really nasty toxin that like you know, does all the things that you've been experiencing. 
Yeah. And essentially will kill you over time if not treated. And they will not go away on their own. So no amount of me waiting and drinking more liquids and forcing myself to eat food. There was no chicken noodle was, soup that was going to save you. No, no chicken noodle soup and ginger ale. No amount of anything was going to save me. He was like, the good thing is, instead of this being a disease, this is just an infection type of thing. It's infectious. So we can treat this and we can cure it. And so I'm staring at him indifferently. <laughs> I'm not saying anything because I don't know. Maybe I'm in like a state of shock. I have fully started to accept the fact that I might have Crohn's disease and I started to look at it and how it would change my life. He was like, I'm really happy about it. He's still talking, but I'm in my head like, wow, I don't have Crohn's disease. And I'm like, how lucky? Because at one point I just started to get a little depressed when I was waiting for the colonoscopy because I was waiting for so yeah. long. My mind started to wander. And I just started to think, and I'm, you know, I want to wrap, I'm wrapping this up now. We're going to get, we're going to get out of here soon. But I did start to think like, I can't believe that this just randomly happened to me. And I was like, yeah, you, like you think about your life. You're like, this is what I got to do now. This is like, and you just, yeah. Yeah. You start to really think about your entire life. And how, how was it's little? So I'm like, you know, I would say I'm not, I'm probably not halfway through my life. God willing, but I'm pretty deep in. And, uh, I'm just thinking like, holy shit. Like this far into my life, I'm going to have this life changing situation happen, which, you know, it, things happen to people, but like, it just, sucks and when he's talking and he like gives me the good news and he's going on and he's like you know i'm really happy for you because you're a young man and crohn's disease is life-changing and all sorts of stuff man he kind of starts to fade in the background and i'm just thinking i'm not saying anything i'm not smiling i'm just kind of nodding my head but i'm in the back of my mind i'm just thinking and i'm like well i got really lucky like that's crazy i am uh very happy. I was really prepared for the worst. I honestly almost accepted. I told, I even started telling some of the people who were messaging me and, and asking me like, Hey, what are the doctors saying? What is it? And they said, I told them, I said, they think I might have Crohn's disease. Like I was telling yeah. people that I was, I was Whatever ready. You told, you told me that. I told you, yeah, I was ready to accept that I had Crohn's disease. That's what, so I had been telling people like, Hey, they think it's Crohn's disease. It's what I probably have. And uh, I'm assuming that most, like, pretty much no one knows what the fuck that is. So I'm sure everyone probably Googled it after I told him that. Like, I'm pretty sure all my friends probably, like, you know, did exactly what I did when he first brought it up. Mm-hmm. So he's like, all right, so we're going to get you some medicine. And so they bring in medicine. He's like, take this. And then we're going to, you know, we're going to keep you here again tonight. And then tomorrow we're going to keep you as well for a while to see if you can handle food or anything. We're going to do an all-liquid diet um, or whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. So a dietitian comes in. She talks to me. She's like, hey, how do you feel about Jello? I was like, I like Jello. Like, I don't really eat Jello in my in my regular life, but like, I was like, Jello is something that I can eat. Like, I can, I can, like, it, it, I can tolerate it. She's like, okay, cool. She's like, ice cream. I was like, yep. So she's like, uh, broth and all these other things. And I was like, I don't really, I'm not a like, I can, I'm not just gonna sit there and eat broth. Like, I'm just not. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm just not. So uh, she's like, okay, that's fair. Like. We're going to send you up some food and just see what you can eat. And we're going to monitor you, how you take it over the next day or whatever. So the next day comes around. They stab me up again, take my blood. And I'm like, you motherfuckers, you know what's wrong with me already. Why are you still taking blood? Motherfuckers. Yeah, they took blood again. I'm like, this can't be real. I even say to the nurse, I'm like, you don't really have to take blood now that you know what's wrong with me and that you're treating me now. Like, is that really necessary? And she's like, I'm just doing what I'm told. And mind you, now it's only two vials. It went from eight to four to two now. So this day, it's only two. I'm not going to pretend to know exactly why they keep taking it, but they, they took more blood. They stabbed me again. 
So I was like, okay, this is gonna be the last fucking time because I'm getting out of here. This is this is the next day now after the colonoscopy. Uh, they come in and give me more of that same medicine, and I am starting to feel better. Like I started to feel better. Uh, the feeling in my stomach, and I was still using the bathroom not as often. Still using the bathroom. The consistency of everything was still the same as it had been, but there was no blood. That's and, good. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And uh, you know, it was less like things were less painful and all of that stuff. So I was like, okay, it's actually so every doctor and every nurse that came in was like, How are you feeling? I was like, I actually feel better, like genuinely. They're like, That's good. We may be able to get you out of here today, um, depending on how you take food. So I was like, Okay, can somebody bring me up some jello and some ice cream? Like, let me start asking because I have an appetite. I was like, I'm not gonna lie. I do have a bit of an appetite. And in my head, I don't know why I had this extreme craving for fried fish. Mm. I wanted fried fish so fucking bad. And I knew they weren't gonna let me have it because they already mentioned that they were like water diet, strict water, and they kept meant like water diet. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, oh, I fucking want fried fish though. I even expressed it to one, uh, I think it was one nurse I mentioned it to. I was like, I really, she's black. So I knew she would empathize and she was like, Oh, that does sound good. She was like, but you can't. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, yeah, I know, but Oh man, some fried fish would be busting right now. And she was like, well, let's see how you do with this ice cream. So I started eating the jello ice cream. I ate like half the jello, half the ice cream. I was like, that was fine. Like, and I was like, my stomach, I don't feel nauseous. I don't feel anything. Like I feel fine. Um, and so they're like, that's good. We're going to wait a couple hours. You know, we're going to just wait a couple hours. So now it's like midday, uh, day after colonoscopy. And they they come in and they're like, hey, so we can start to get your discharge paperwork ready uh, for you to go home if you feel you're up to it. We're not kicking you out. You can absolutely stay the night if you feel you need to. If you feel like you're not up to go home yet, please do not leave. Please do not go home just because you want to go home. Like that's yeah, not, yeah. That's not what this is. We're giving you the option based on how you feel because only you know how you really feel. And I was like, okay. So I was like, I do feel like I can go home today. And I'm not going to lie. I wanted to leave. So uh, I was like, I do feel, she's like, you sure? I was like, okay, yes. I was like, yes. She's like, okay, I'm going to go start to put together your discharge paperwork. They put everything together. And then the fucking nurse who came to discharge me, it was really late. She comes and she goes, the doctor recommended before you go that I give you a blood thinner. And I was like, okay. She has a fucking plastic bag with her. And I'm like, all right. So I'm I'm now like I'm getting dressed. Like I was getting dressed. Yeah. I got sweatpants on. I don't put on a t-shirt on. I put my fucking hoodie on or whatever. I'm going to my book bag. I'm like looking around the room. I'm like making sure I'm not leaving anything, even though I fucking think I left my charger, but whatever. Um, small price to pay for salvation. So I, I'm like, okay, blood thinner, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm like kind of ignoring her, like packing my shit and like getting ready. And so then she unpacks the fucking thing and it's this long ass syringe with a needle at the top of it. My man is I, cracked right now. <laughs> I said to this lady, I said, I said um, is that necessary? She's like, well, here's the thing. You are discharged. So you do not have to do this. She was like, but I'm going to let you know right now, the reason why the doctor, she's like, I'm a nurse and I cannot tell you not to take it. That's not, that's not within my power. She was like, but I'm going to tell you the risks, the risks. I said, okay. She said, 
They're prescribing a blood thinner to you because of the possibility of blood clots, which can be fatal. She's like, you haven't really moved in like three days. You've been in a bed for three days with very little movement. She's like, do you agree? And I was like, I, I do. I have gone to the bathroom, which is literally like, I don't know, 20 feet away maybe in my room. And that is it. Back to my bed in the same position for days. And even when, when I was in the emergency room, I was in the bed, same position. So it's been days now. And so she was like, uh, I really highly recommend it, but I cannot force you to take it. And I said, okay, let me think about it. So I sit on the bed and I'm looking away. I was like, God damn it. I have to do this. Like I have to, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, wh- where is this going? Now this needle doesn't look like any of the other ones they used to take my blood. This, this looks like some different shit. And so I'm like, where, where do I have to take this? She was like, in your abdomen. I was like, what? Oh my God. I was like, wait, I was like, Oh my God. I was like, give me a second. <laughs> I have to think about this again. So she's like, yeah, you have to take it in your abdomen. She's like, actually, let me be clear. You could take it in your abdomen or you could take it in your thigh. She's like, it just needs to be injected into a fatty part of your body. But not for some reason, whatever, not a buttock, not the buttocks. So I was going to say, could it do your ass? Because I would do my ass immediately. Like, imme- like, imme- like no question. Because you don't really feel like it, that doesn't, that won't feel as bad. But the abdomen, I was like, oh my God, have you seen this needle? I was like, there's no fucking way I'm letting this lady stab me in the abdomen. So if it's that, I'm just, le- I'm walking out and I'll just I'll get blood clot if it happens. And I, that's the way I go out after getting treated and everything like that. Then that was meant to happen. That's how I was thinking in my head. But then she, when she mentioned the thigh, I said, you know what? It has to be the thigh. I said, do the thigh. We're going to do the thigh. So I fucking pulled my sweatpants down. I was like, I have on underwear. I put my sweatpants down and I give her my thigh meat and I turn away, grab my phone. I said, please don't count down. I said, I'm just going to scroll Instagram and she alcohols it my leg down and then she does it and I don't really feel anything. She's like, all right, done. I was like, wait, that was it? She was like, yeah. I was like, that wasn't, I was like, I really didn't feel anything. I was like, you, did you really do it? She's like, yes. She was like, look down at your thigh. It's like this tiny little thing of blood sitting there, and then she grabs the galls, puts it over top, then puts the, uh, you know, the fucking... The wrap. Yeah, the wrap on it. And I was like, okay, that wasn't even... Like, normally say, like, it's gonna be a, a pinch. Like, when I give you a yeah, needle, yeah. Like, here, here comes a pinch. Not, I didn't even feel a pinch. So I was like, that was, oh, that was fine. So I'm all, like, you know, dramatic over it. And so I was like, okay, cool. Put my pants back up. I got all my clothes on. I'm like, all right. So I do. I was like, do I just leave? Like, do I just actually like walk out of here? She's like, yeah, you can just walk out. I was like, okay. So I put my backpack on. I start walking. I said, like, you just show me where to get out. And she points to the exit and I leave and I catch an Uber and I go home. And, uh, the hospital is down the street from my house, by the way, just to be clear. Um, it is literally a six minute drive from where I live. So, it is it is also walking distance, but there's no fucking way. Yeah, stop that. <laughs> that was yeah, that was not happening. Because the walk, the walk is a, uh, a quite a bit longer. But driving, because it's like pretty straightforward to my apartment from where it is, um, literally a six-minute drive. Like from the time I get in the car to the time I'm dropped off in front of my my door, six minutes. And uh now I'm here. I told Kenny, uh 
when I got home last night, I sent them a message. I said, Hey, uh, I'm, I want to record the podcast tomorrow night. Like I want to yep. try to get back on schedule and mind you, I, you know, I'm not at full, I'm, you guys can tell I'm not at hundred percent and I wasn't at hundred percent when I sent that message, but I was like, I'm going to fucking tough it out. Yeah. Try to get through this. So that's what I did. And I'm, dude, I'm just, I'm just happy you're okay. I mean, I know, I know I messaged you. I don't remember the exact dates, but I remember at some point I messaged you just like hit you up. I was like, Hey, Hey, how you feeling? Are you okay? You're like, mm. no. I was like, have you seen a doctor yet? And you're like, no, I can't see one till like the end of the month. I don't remember the yes. exact date. But you're like, I can't see a doctor till the end of the month. And I was like, ouch. And yes. then like a day or so later, you were like, I'm going to the emergency room. Yeah, <laughs> because, like, yeah they told me October 28th. Uh, and this is days before I went to the emergency room for the second time. So October 28th, which is actually this coming up week. I wasn't, I actually wasn't going to make it to October 28th. And I knew that. Like I started, I yeah. felt it. I was like, I'm, I'm actually not going to make it. I think I was told that on like the 14th. And I said, there's no way I'm making yeah. 14 more days like this. I said, there's no way. This started on the 7th. It's the 14th. So it's been one week. And the lady who I called who said, the, the earliest you will see, because I needed to see a gastroenterologist specifically. I needed to see a GI doctor. And she told me the 28th. It's the, that was the earliest. She said, normally... Um, she said, because someone canceled is the reason why you even have the 28th. She said, normally December something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, I'll take it. Like, I'll, I'll take it. Um, I need to cancel that appointment, by the way. But yeah, I knew I was like, I'm not making it. So I need to go. So I went to the restroom and that's this whole thing. But yeah. Yeah. I, I was, man, because I know you went in and the other day, it's funny. So while you were in there, I was thinking about a lot of things. I, was, I thought about you and I thought about, just different stuff. And I remember I was thinking like, I legit opened up OBS and I started recording an episode of the podcast. Basically, I was like, we haven't done an episode, we missed two episodes. Yeah. And I was like, I should do an episode and just, it'll be a solo episode. It'll only be an hour and I'll update everybody on like what's happening with Frasier and all that stuff. And I actually recorded like 20 minutes and I didn't like how it turned. Like I wasn't liking what was happening. I was trying to like make it funny. Yeah. And then, but it felt, it just didn't feel right. Like yeah. not having you here. You knew I was actually. Yeah, like, it didn't feel right. But dire condition. And then, like, cause I, you know, in the recording, the this lost recording that I have, you know, I mentioned I was, you know, uh, he's sick. We don't know what's wrong with him. I was like, you know, we we almost wish it was COVID because then you would know what's wrong with him. I, there'd be a plan I, of attack. There, there are. A, I did wish it was a lot of things because I was saying to myself, I wish it was something easily identifiable. Yeah, that way there's a plan of attack. You know what to do. You know what it is. So I recorded it, and then I remember I like paused the recording and I went on Facebook, and I was like, "Has Frazier talked about this one?" And I went and looked at your Facebook, and there was nothing. Like there was no updates about it at all. I was like, "Oh, same thing." I was like, "I don't want to." I was like, "I just don't want to talk about this without him." And I was like, "I just don't want to do this without him." Yeah, and so I just like, by the way, that was a good call. Yeah, and I was like, I just, I was like, I just don't, I just don't want to do it without him. I don't want to talk about it without him. I was like, I'm just gonna like put this away. I'm gonna wait for him to get back to me. Um, I'm just going to hope that he's okay. And then like, well, you know, we'll talk it out when we talk it out. And, uh, yeah, I'm just really happy. <laughs> I, I've like that you're okay. And I wanted to ask, did they mention at all? I know you don't remember the name of the bacteria. Did they mention at all? Like where it comes from? Like how you could have uh, gotten it? They said that it can come from something that you ate. It can also come from something. It can also come from just like something that you drank, like your water. Yeah. They said it can just... It can it can be on like a lot of different uh places. It can live in a lot of different 
places, but I think that you have to ingest it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that um, somebody who's around me, for example, let's say somebody used the same toilet as me. I don't think yeah, that yeah. anything will happen to them. It's not like that. I think you have to ingest it. No, I'm not a doctor, so don't take my word for it. Take it for a grain of salt. But the way he made it sound was very clearly I had eaten or ingested or drank something that gave me this bacteria. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Now I do like I. Yeah, I actually have both the back. I'm not going to I'm not going to say it on the podcast. I don't think it's necessary, but I do have the uh, I have this packet that they send you home with. It's like it's called after visit summary. And uh, they wrote down exactly what it's called and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, I don't know. I'll bring it up some other time, but I don't even want to. Yeah, yeah, it's understandable. Yeah, I don't even want to put that much out there. But, like, I think that um, you, you did, like, honestly, the way I feel about it, because I thought about this, there's really nothing I or anyone could do about it. Yeah, yeah. You Like, you check your food for things that you can visibly see. There's, you can't see that. Like it's, it's bacteria. It is literally bacteria. And it and I like from what I understand, I don't really think it looks like anything. Like you can't fucking open up your burger or look at your wings and you're not gonna see these bacteria just fucking chilling out like, hey, if you not, bite into me, I'm yeah. about to fuck your shit up. Like that's not how this not works. At all. It is microscopic and it's on like meats and stuff like that. Like it can be, you know, like it's obviously if I had known. And I do watch what I eat. Like I, you know, I'm the normal human being. Like when I eat, I look at what I'm eating. But and I, when also when I drink, I look at what I'm drinking. But like this could, yeah, there's no way to avoid it. Like exactly, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just, like this. You got, you ordered or bought or whatever the wrong food or drink on the wrong day. Yep. And what's crazy is that there's most likely a hundred other people in Philly that are having this problem. So because, like, you, it's not just you yes. that ate the one fucking burger. Or whatever. That's what I'm afraid of. So I'll tell you, uh, the last thing I ate, the very last thing was from a, ta- I, I had tacos from a taco truck. They were specifically salt and pepper chicken tacos. Um, that's what they're called or whatever. It was four tacos. They came with uh salsa and they, I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to describe them more. Um, but yeah, salt and pepper chicken tacos. They came with salsa. I don't get like any kind of onions or cilantro or anything. I don't do any of that stuff. So they're, for me, it's just, oh, I get cheese though. There was yeah. also cheese on it. And yeah. So uh, funnily enough, I eat from this taco truck like once a month, I would say. He's like, yeah, I eat from this taco truck once a month. And it's it, the taco truck has only been around for a little over a year. Let's say a year and like four months the taco truck has been around. Mm-hmm. So it's relatively new in my area. And I eat from there a good amount. Like I would say I've had their tacos over 10 times by now. Let's just say mm-hmm. that. I never, ever have gotten the cheese on the tacos. It's a dollar ad. I don't really care about the price, but I'm just putting that in there. It's a dollar ad. And I, I never, ever have gotten the cheese, but this, this particular night, now this is October 6th, the night before. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is also 10 PM. I remember this day exactly because obviously I kept thinking about it as I was getting sick. I was like, what the fuck happened? Um, so I had these tacos and they were fucking delicious. Nothing seemed wrong. And then it started October 7th, the, the yep. 14 day misery. So I feel bad but 
I am never eating from that taco truck again. Let's be clear. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's never... a fucking very fair thing. This like, oh, easily. You know what like, I mean? Like, fuck that. I'm, I'm never... also never eating there. <laughs> yes, I am never, ever eating from there again. Uh, and I love tacos, but there are so many places in Philly now because they're like popular now. There are so many places to get tacos from. I'm not even sure if I'm ever going to eat from a food truck again. Something that I always wonder mm-hmm. about food trucks is sanitation. I don't really know. I stopped eating food trucks a long time ago, man. Okay. I just don't trust. Like, I've had a few bad experiences. Nothing like you, but I've had a few bad experiences where shortly after eating the food truck, I was sick. And it happened more than once. And then one, and this is like maybe 10 years ago, I was was like, I'm just not eating. Like, there's no reason. Like, I live in Philly. I could just go to Wawa. Like, there is a Wawa everywhere. Like, I don't have to ever go to a food truck. Yeah, we don't have to eat food truck food. And, And where I live, there's so many options for food. Um, I can, you know, on my Uber Eats, fucking Del Frisco's, Ruth Chris, yeah. all, like Barclay Prime show up on my Uber Eats as options. Just to like put it in perspective. I have some mm-hmm. crazy shit on my Uber Eats that shows up that I can have fucking delivered to me. So I like, like you said, I can eat a lot of different things. I do not need to eat from a food truck, but I, yeah. I don't really know how I feel about food trucks anymore. Um, especially once like, okay, I have a friend who owns a food truck and I know him. Okay. Like I, he's one of my really good friends. His name is Steven. He's in New York. He has a food truck and I will eat from his food truck because I trust him and his family. I trust them. I fucking trust them because I know them, but I don't know these people serving the tacos out the food truck that I got the tacos from. I don't know them. And, uh, I got sick immediately after eating those tacos. It's the last thing I ingested. It's the very last fucking thing. So I just have to assume, and the doctors also said it's probably the tacos. Like after, you know, I explained the whole thing and they were like, it's probably that like just process of elimination, like common sense. It was the most likely thing is probably the thing, right? Yeah. 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 And then you had this fucking thing and then your life was not normal. Uh, So I'm never eating there again. And I really don't know how I feel about taco uh, or not talk about food trucks in general but uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's been my experience guys over the last couple of weeks and why we were unable to record the podcast we were able to do everything we have to get an extra episode out for the patrons on patreon that's right i really appreciate you guys um i will not feel any kind of way if anyone decides to end their subscription to our patreon because we haven't been, we have not been able to put out episodes these last couple of days. Like I I completely understand, but I just wanted to be transparent with you guys and put out this episode so that you know exactly what has been going on. I know that you guys mm-hmm. fucking support us and you've been rocking with us and we appreciate that shit. It goes a long way. I can't say that enough. In fact, let me give a shout out to the exact ten people who have been supporting our podcast that started only a few months ago. Um, Connie, Austin, Leon, Xavier, Garen, Quest, Hylian, Sarah, TCG Automotive, and Silver Chronic. Uh, thank you guys so much. I I do apologize for just not being able to get this work done. Um, and honestly, just f- full transparency. I do not know right now if I'm going to be able to record twice a week immediately. Like I do not know if on Wednesday... I'll be recording another episode. Hopefully I can. I just don't want to make the promise that I will. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest. I think, I, I don't think anything, and I don't think you should hold it against yourself. I know you're, I know you're a prideful person and you're like a hardworking person. You're I like, am. just work through it. But I think 
I think you should just like just give like just give yourself like give yourself the the the, the peace of mind. And be like I'm just not going to do it on Wednesday. Like I, I think it's okay for yeah. you to like give your yourself. I'm going to play it by ear. I don't know Wednesday how I feel. Like because yeah yeah today is like you know pretty much day one of recovery. And, yeah yeah. Um, I'm going to see how these next couple days go. You know, it's three days till Wednesday now, but I'm going to see how these next couple days go. And depending on how I feel on Wednesday, I'll let you out. You'll, you'll be one of the first people I let know, like, Hey, it's not happening, but yeah, if, yeah. I, if I can get it done, then I'll, you know, I, I you just, guys know I will hundred percent record. Yep. I want to, I, I also want to say, I, I think this episode is super important, obviously. Um, and I, I want to say kind of clearly, like, I think that, one of the things that makes it important is like health in general is important. And like you said, I think one of the biggest takeaways is you went to the hospital. They were like, you know, sleep it off basically. Like it'll go, it'll, it'll pass. And then after that you had an anxiety about going back. And I just think for whoever listened to this, you know, if you're ever in a situation, if you're sick, whatever, like, like don't hesitate to get help. And uh, it can be fatal. It can be fatal. And like, you never know what it is. Like, Frazier didn't do anything. He didn't like go to some exotic country, you know, like he didn't do, he just yep. lived his everyday life. And that then, was one of the questions they asked me too. Yeah. Like he, he just lived his everyday life and then got like a fatal bacteria. And, um, even if you go to the hospital and they're like, you'll be fine in a couple of days. If in a couple of days you're not fine, like go back. You know what I mean? Cause like you're going to have that anxiety. You're going to want to like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't go back or whatever. But like, at the end of the day, it's your life that you're playing yeah. with. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. important. And they say like health as well, that cliche, which to healthy people, it's just kind of like, okay, whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Like when you're healthy, yeah. when you're not sick, like I've been, when I hear like health as well, I'm like, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, it's not like I disagree. It's just that like, you don't really cherish uh, your health until your mortality is right in front of you. When you realize, yep. oh, this shit can just end. Everything I love, anime, video games. I was playing God of War. I was playing God of yeah. War right before I got sick. And I was honestly... You were been, into it. We were it's talking been about one it. One of the best games of all time. And I was excited for Sora. I my, I have not played Smash. I have Since yep. Sora came out, I have not played Smash. I've only been able to watch YouTube videos in the hospital of Sora. So it's, I, don't, I don't even know what he, like, everyone says it's floating. Whatever. I don't even... I've not played games. I haven't been able to go back to God of War yet. Like my life came to a fucking halt, and it put everything Complete in perspective. Hole. Like you know the typical cliche things, but like it made me realize, like holy fuck, everything yeah. could just be over. It's it's serious. It's definitely like I'm a hundred and ten percent less serious than you, but like similar thing. Like in terms of being healthy, like as I've talked about a couple of times, like I've been running every other day, but that all started simply because one day, and I, I don't really go to Wawa that often anymore. I used to go like every night. I would walk the Wawa. Yeah, just you like definitely do it. It was just like a 20 minute and walk. You also were a pretty fit person. Like yeah. when I met you at like 21, um, you were fit. I was, yeah, I was very fit. I was, still, you, I was still break dancing and shit. Yeah. And you have pretty I, much been fit for more. You've been fit more than you haven't during the yeah. 10 or 11 year period that I've known you. Okay. Just to, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, so the a couple months ago, I go to walk to Wawa. And as I'm walking, my legs are itchy, like super itchy. My legs mm-hmm. are just getting really itchy. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's something that I remember happening before a really long time ago, like once or t- like once. Uh, 
And it, it, the only other time it happened is when like I super pushed myself. Um, I was taking the uh, the test to be a police officer. I never oh, even yeah. really wanted to be a police officer, but it was like, I don't know, I'll just go try it just to see. I remember this part of your life. Yeah, and I like took that test, and I was like, so I like really, for whatever reason, like there's a bunch of other people there. I really wanted to like do really well in all the push-ups and the run and everything. And so I was like pushed myself super hard. That was one of the only other time I got like that itchy feeling that I had this time. I'm wa- So anyway, the point is I'm walking the Wawa and my legs are itchy. I'm like, what is this? And so I literally Google it as I'm walking and I find out it's like um, basically your blood vessels, pop, your capillaries or whatever, like, like popping or firing. It, it is essentially just you're a lazy piece of shit and you're, you're doing work. And so like your body's working in a way it's not used wow. to working. And I was like, all I'm doing is walking the Wawa. Like, have I gotten that lazy? <laughs> Wow. And that's part of what, like, I was like, I got to, I was like, because my work now, like, all I, I'm pretty much always just on my computer. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like a lot of Same. people during COVID. That's what I, that is my job now. Like, I work yeah. on, on my computer. And now I don't even go to an office. I'm just in my room. So I get it. Yeah. So that's one of the biggest, re- I was like, I got to get healthy again. Like, I, and that's one of the big reasons why I was like, I started doing the couch, the 5K, and I run every other day. And now I don't have, like, all of that to say, like, a follow up to Fraser's whole story, much less serious. Health in general is important. I hate running. I've been running every other day. I absolutely hate it. But after the run, I always feel, in general, I feel better. Like my life feels better. And specifically, every day after the run, I feel better. Like you just, you just feel better. Yeah. Uh, like and your it gets body overall as you feels do it. better. Yeah. Like as you so, do it, like, you know, the first, at first, doing anything like healthy like that, like a lifestyle change, at first it's hard and it's gonna be hard, and you just have to fucking tough it out. Like I, you yep. know, when the first when you first start going to the gym, when you first do anything like that, and you first you try a keto diet or any kind of diet or anything like like it's gonna be rough. It's it's hard. Your body has to get acclimated to it. It's ru- it's rough, but you know, after like a week or two of doing it, like it it it, it just becomes routine. Like your body yeah. really does adapt. It does, and if when it does mentally it feels amazing yep like like not even just physically but mentally when you realize the person that you're slowly becoming you're like wow i am now like like in your case i'm running now when you like yeah you know you know you're not a runner like you're not somebody who just fucking yeah i don't i don't enjoy it like even when i was really fit i never went running like i was just really fit because i was break dancing fucking yeah you were doing something that you liked and that's just an after effect of what happens when you break dance yeah but uh even then, like I didn't go running for training. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, running for health reasons. Yeah. So I yeah. But, but all right, yeah, this wraps up uh I guess this is episode twenty seven. This wraps up episode twenty seven of the I Am There podcast. And thank you so much for anyone who made it this far because this episode is long. I actually planned mm-hmm. for it to be short. Yeah, it's yeah. There's a lot to talk about. It's actually gonna be one of the longest episodes. If not, I think this is gonna be the longest episode we released. So, um, but I did want to give you guys uh, transparency and closure on what has been going on with me and how I'm feeling now. I am in recovery, so like you don't have to worry anymore, uh, knock on wood, Um, but I am getting better and I do hope to be back in 100% in a few weeks. I just have to regain my weight. like I lost. I made, it, I made a, a joke. Lot. Fraser messaged me saying like he he lost twenty pounds. I was like, dog, I've been running every other day and I haven't lost that. I'm yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. I'm down a lot. I uh, like I said, I'm normally around one forty five, and I'm 
I'm under 130 right now. So yeah. It's, it's been pretty crazy. But yeah. All right. Well, uh, as I always say now, um, do the things that make you happy and also take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means for you, take care of yourself. I'm just going to put that in for this episode because, yeah, I just had a near-death experience. And for people who are on Patreon who can see the video of this, you see behind me I have Itachi and uh, Goku both (laughs) suffering from illnesses and pretty much dying. Yeah, Goku clutching his heart. Yep. Itachi coughing up blood. Yep. So, but yeah, that wraps this episode up. Can anything you want to say? Any final thoughts? No, I'm just happy to have you back. I'm sure everybody's happy to hear from you again. And um, no, yeah, I mean, I'm. I, I think that's it. Just happy to have you back. Happy that you're okay. Thanks, I appreciate it. All right, guys. Until next time, I'm Nerd Out. Peace. Peace.